Also, she gets horny because of the jungle and stuff. We're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema. Each week's film is connected to the last by a single cast member, and so it continues forever, or until we can't be asked anymore. This week's film is... Anaconda. How's it going, George? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? You good? Very well, mate. Very well. Well, bittersweet this week, mate. Oh, I know. I I know what you're going to say, but do you want to tell everyone why it's bittersweet? What's happened? Yeah, the, the light of our life, the escape from madness... The kind of little bit of hope we have in our lives has just been diminished by the fact that Cineworld are closing the cinemas. Oh, it is gutting, isn't it? You know, like we're obviously massive Cineworld fans because we have our unlimited card. And yeah, we go all the time, don't we? We go together, we go on our own, we go with our missuses, we go with mates, we go all the time. And uh, it's felt good, hasn't it, since it's been back after lockdown. Uh, I know there's not been much new stuff out, but it's still been fun to go to watch smaller films and old films. And um, yeah, now it's been dashed. They're, they're temporarily closing. I've really loved the fact they've been showing older films and and we've taken opportunity to go and see quite a few of those. There have been a sparse amount of new films, which has, has been nice to see. But on the whole, it's just it's gutting that we're not going to be able to do either of those uh, for a while. But the kind of nature of this podcast is celebrating some older films that are out on the streaming services and and making connections to things that you might not have seen and the fact uh, that we're giving opportunities to ourselves and other people listening to to kind of watch something you might not have thought of so let's just uh, kind of embrace that a bit more i suppose and uh, maybe we'll do three or four episodes a week yeah that's it i mean we'll have loads more time in our hands and the, the, i mean a bit of a bit of good news is it is temporary so hopefully it's not too long before the cinemas are back open to be honest i you're probably the same i was sat there and i was looking at how many people were in the cinema every time i went and i thought this ain't gonna work you know like how are they gonna make the money so i hope when this virus is gone or going and people feel more confident i'd urge people just go back to your cinema like it's such a good experience going to the cinema and if you haven't been for i know a lot of people that haven't been to the cinema for absolutely years and i think just go it's really safe and um they did a really good job of trying to distance everyone and i just think go back and support it and you know enjoy it there's nothing like it no it's so good your home experience can never be as good you know telly's getting better they're getting clearer they're getting more pixels all this stuff you're getting better surround sound at home you're getting all this stuff but it still just isn't as good there's no. nothing better than going to the cinema in the dark watching it on a massive screen really loud and you can't like it's really difficult to like really look at your phone in the cinema you know like you know it's bright and there's people sort of staring at you and stuff so you don't look at your phone so you can just concentrate on the movie nothing better it's a shared experience as well although sometimes I really hate it that there's other people in the cinema <laughs> like eating noisily rustling <laughs> chatting looking at their phones and things like that on the whole it's a great experience where you're, you're enjoying something it's like it's like a spectator sport type atmosphere where especially the big blockbusters or comedies and things like that when you're laughing together you're you know the the awe that you have in some films like one of my favorite moments of of cinema in the last 10 years was Endgame where just that I went on the opening night at midnight and there were people just like oh like in awe and gasping at what was happening and and that kind of thing you don't get when you sit in front of a netflix at home and it's it's sad that we're not going to uh, have it for a while and 
how angry was I when I heard that Bond had been moved again? No <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> the news came from you, I believe. Yeah, I know. James, like, what are you doing? Nah, I mean, that was a big decision that they made. I, I can understand why the big um, studios are, are thinking, let's not release our film yet. We want it to be back. But on the flip side, I wish they would, like, give the cinema some help. I wish they would all get together and just, you know, I wish they would release these big films to help the cinemas out it's all well and good waiting but who knows what it's gonna be like in april like let's just get the cinema back now yeah yeah. so for the last time in a while this segment of the show might feature some cinema films but george you've seen anything good recently yeah i have so i have been to the cinema a lot this week so last week we mentioned that they were showing rock the rocky films um, in order at our local city world so me and dan thought oh that'd be a good opportunity to watch a few of those and soon we'll do a bonus podcast on you know the rocky films which will be cool um so i went to see some of the rockies we went to see rocky one together didn't we on the friday so that it was did. awesome and then i went to see rocky two on the saturday and then i went to see rocky four on the monday and um i won't talk about them now because we're going to do a, a special podcast on that so that'll be good other than the cinema though this week i have watched a couple of um, interesting things so one thing i watched at the weekend was a film called everest with jake gyllenhaal have you like seen it yeah, heard of it and you've yeah. seen it i i quite enjoyed it i mean the film to be honest was a bit of a mess when i say mess the reason i say that is it's, it was a very difficult film to keep track of who was who and where people were on this mountain and um basically what the hell was going on but apart from that I did quite enjoy it, you know. It's just, it was very easy to sort of watch and just to sort of like zone out to, you know. And even though I wasn't sort of understanding it, I was like enjoying the visuals, you know. And yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And like off coming off the back of doing the Three Peaks recently, me and Char are always talking about like mountains, mountains, mountains. So we're really drawn to a film, you know, called Everest. And um, yeah, it was quite a lot of fun, actually. I, I quite enjoyed it. So the other thing I watched this week, which is a, it's a, a small, low budget. When I say low budget, I mean, this must be literally made on an absolute pittance. So it was it was a film in 2019. It was called Bait. Okay, so oh, yeah. I mentioned this to you the other day. And the reason I mentioned it to you the other day is because I listened to a podcast, the Mark Commode one, and he I listened to one where he went through his films of the decade, so the last 10 years, 2010 to 2020. And I was waiting to hear what his number one was. And then he goes, my number one is this film called Bait. And I thought, what? I hadn't heard of it. So he talked about it. And I thought, I've got to check this out at least just to sort of see what why he sort of rated it so highly, you know? Popped it on and the other day I watched the first five minutes of it before I had to turn it off because I had to go and do something. But I remember I said to you, Dan, I said, Bates really weird. I said, it's filmed like black and white on an old camera. And I think the camera's so old that it doesn't pick up sound because they've put all the voices of the actors back onto the, the film, you know? So it sounds like they're not actually talking. So it's very odd. Anyway, after watching that first five minutes the other day, the other um, this weekend, I thought I'll stick it back on, you know, and I'll just polish it off i will watch it and i felt myself get like really sucked into it and um it only took a few minutes to get past the the really janky like visuals and it only took a minute to 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 get past the really odd speech that was coming out of these people's mouths and um after like five minutes i was really hooked into it and i basically i felt like i was there i was in cornwall i was in this little fishing village and basically the film is is just it's just a drama about about basically local fishermen in Cornwall and it's about what happens when you know rich sort of outsiders come to these little Cornish fishing village and sort of you know mess up the 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 vibe of the village you know and the local town for local people exactly yeah you've hit the nail on the head there it's got that sort of vibe you know they're they're very sort of skeptical of these people coming in but basically you know I wouldn't call it my favorite film of the decade but it's well worth a watch I really enjoyed it and 
as I was watching it, because I'd recorded it off the telly, every sort of 20 minutes, there was an ad break. And the ad break was so jarring because it was, I've been, I'm watching this film, which is black and white and it's scratchy. And, um, you know, I'm in this world and I can feel the textures of the rocks and the fish and the boats and the, the seagulls. And then, bang, ad break. And it's like colourful. Go and compare. Go compare. Go compare. Sure yeah, exactly that. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And I felt, I felt taken, I felt, I felt taken out of the world so much when the ad breaks come on. Usually it doesn't happen to me, but this, do you know what I mean? It really, really took me out. And so when the ad breaks were coming, I was like, oh, that was really annoying. But anyway, just to sum that up, like it's well worth a watch to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's um, really interesting. And um, even if the first five minutes you go, what is this? Stick with it because it is a good experience. I've been meaning to watch that for a very long time, actually, yeah. uh, mainly due to Commode mentioning it and how good it is. But uh, yeah haven't bothered to it's one of those where it's like i'm gonna have to set aside some time to watch it but you never ever get around to it because things like anaconda come around <laughs> good thing with on bait it's a it's only about an hour and 20 so pretty short and snappy and yeah i think you know you'd like it it's it's simple but good you know so that's me this week mate what about you what have you been watching what have you been well it started off with a bang uh went to the cinema last week as you said to watch uh rocky yeah uh, absolutely love seeing that on the big screen for the first time it's you know again i won't go into massive detail because uh, we're going to discuss it in in absolute anal detail <laughs> <laughs> when we do our top five uh, no top six i believe top six rocky films yep so well, that'll be a bonus episode in the coming weeks. So uh, if, as we might have mentioned uh, last week, if you haven't seen all the Rocky films, uh, go and watch them and uh, see if you can rank them uh, in order and uh, we'll compare. Go compare, go compare. We're not doing the Creed films, but I believe at this stage, are we? No, I'll stick with just like where Stallone's the main sort of guy. Yeah. Even though actually really like those creed films thought they're really good yeah um, i think they they would uh, uh, actually score highly for me yeah in, in in the pantheon of rocky films but we'll leave that for now but I, I, i've got to say how good did rocky one look up on the screen oh it's brilliant it was it was nice it, it could have been made you know like 10 years ago it, it didn't look as old as it is which is what 40 nearly 40 years now yeah a long time so yeah it was it was incredible to see but other than that, it's quite similar to Bait that you watched. I watched a very, which will be my last cinema visit for a very long time. It's quite similar to Bait in the fact that it's uh, quite serious cinema, quite uh, down and dirty. It's called Cats and Dogs Three: Pause Unite. <laughs> God, that sounds like a proper heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was a great. It was a great way to finish my twenty uh, twenty cinema uh, going experiences. No, it's it. Yeah, it was, it was the worst film I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> Could you imagine if? Um, hopefully, it doesn't happen. But if for some reason cinemas are not financially viable and they're completely closed forever and then forever like your last film you ever saw there was uh, Cats and Dogs yeah. Free <laughs> put it this way it's the first film I've ever willingly walked out of uh, oh, wow it was really bad yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I wouldn't usually walk out of a, of, of a movie, obviously. But one, it was bad. And two, my boy was just going, can we go home now? <laughs> he it, did. didn't, it didn't hold his concentration the slightest. And he loves animals. He will yeah. watch any animals on TV, these stupid programs, pets' worst <laughs> moments or whatever. He'll watch them all day. But this was just like boring. He was running up and down the aisles. Like, yeah, yeah he, wasn't, he wasn't a fan. So he was, let's go home. That's Fair enough. Sure. Let's go home. Oh, he's got good taste. Like I say, I, I know recently you've gone to see, um, you know, some movies um, with him. And um, like you say, you know, he usually sits for him and enjoys him and stuff. So if he's wanted to go, then that's all you, That's all the invitation you need to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, it was, mate. I, 
there's some bad films out there, and I think the only reason this probably got cinema uh, space was because there's nothing else out there. I'm sure this would have been direct to TV, yeah, or direct to like streaming or whatever, because it just is it's so bad. And I, I remember seeing the original Cats and Dogs movie, uh, and it was fine. It was, it was what you expect a, a, in a family film, but this is just so shite. It was like something you would see on Channel Five in in the afternoon. Oh, wow! Um, so no effort and just absolute. Trash. I'm sure you know some of the people. Will, involved might be talented some of the animals maybe yeah uh, but generally badly written badly shot badly lit <laughs> ba- bad cgi on the mouths of the animals when they talk badly scripted other than that yeah it was pretty shit <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, but that's all really so that's in the dog eyes <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly well that's all really i should have been uh, prepping myself uh, to go cinema more this week and uh, getting ready for james bond coming out this month but no Oh, I know it's gutting, isn't it? But but you know, like we were saying earlier before we started recording, like let's put it to the back of our mind and let's concentrate maybe this winter on just watching like tons of old stuff that we'd never watched before, you know, missed out and stuff. And then when the cinema does come back, you know, our heads will be even more swelled with with movie knowledge. Exactly right. <laughs> and I think I'm gonna work out when I can watch one James Bond film a week leading up to the new release date of oh, No that, Time to Die. That would be cool, yeah. And kind of go through the whole catalogue. Uh, so I might work that out after this episode. And I mean, it won't be long. What are we on, 24? Yeah, um, just as 25, a number, 25. Yeah. So, I mean, 25 weeks. I mean, I reckon maybe we have to start soonish, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, get on it. Dr. No, here you come. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll make an announcement next week as to when it started. It pro- probably had to start like three weeks ago, but <laughs> if, I'll just do some catch-up. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, so you can watch a few in a week, which wouldn't be a problem because obviously I know you love your Bond. and uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, mate, the only other thing I've really watched worth noting is a documentary on Netflix oh, yeah? that you might have heard people talking about. Oh, is is it about murder? It is indeed. Yeah, um, this flashed up as like number one on Netflix the other day, and I thought, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah, so what did you think? Yeah, it's called uh, American Murder, The Family Next Door, and I can't say I'd recommend you watch it because it's very dark and, and depressing. The story is just horrific, but it's it, if you like those type of murder documentaries on Netflix, you're making your murders and stuff like that, this is just one episode, but it's just a story that you will just not believe. Uh, some of the revelations in it you're just like wow how did that happen um to be honest you are you're proper selling it to me because you know the darker the the more crazy you know i'm quite drawn to that so yeah i bet i'll be interested it's just it's just a single crime you see it from the very start of the investigation starting through the eyes of the police officers because they're all wearing body cams oh wow all the people real footage yeah so all the people involved you get to see some of the conversations early doors when they're the first start the investigation and you just start to see things unraveling and the story unfurling in front of you and you start off thinking okay so this is a possibility and then the possibility turns into a horrific crime that ended up happening and yeah it's just it's really dark and i've heard of people turning off at a certain stage and it doesn't surprise me in the slightest (laughs) but if you enjoy those things and and i do it's weird to say isn't it but yeah yeah, you know we do we're sick (laughs) yeah we're sick in the head but really enjoyed enjoyed a tough word to use in this case but I, get you. I, I, hear fa- you. I found it fascinating put it that way but if you're if you're not into that type of thing you think uh, 
you're, you're quite delicate in that manner i would say avoid like the plague because it, yeah it's quite quite shocking i'm not usually shocked by things but it really is quite shocking wow i'm very intrigued um yeah I'm, is it so is it like a film length thing it's like an hour and a half long or is yeah, that yeah it's, it's a feature length documentary but yeah very well done as netflix have kind of got that kind of format nailed haven't they oh yeah uh, they're the kings of doing that they, the, they do some good yeah. true crime yeah through through yeah. interviews and and you know real footage and interview the police interview footage and stuff like that and they know how to structure the story because there's cel- certain elements of the story that if put anywhere else in the timeline would have kind of ruined the outcome or ruined the kind of narrative yeah i um, see so the big like reveal and stuff they managed to put things in the right place to yeah. keep you guessing and to send you this way and that way yeah. and stuff okay really well done I've, I've got to say my phone's flashing in front of me i'll try to ignore my phone when we're doing podcasts but uh <laughs> it's Oh, I've mentioned before that I've been playing the Avengers game on the Xbox uh, with with my son, who's three years old. And all I do, all I get all week at the moment is notifications from my Xbox app telling me that new screen recordings have been made. Oh, right. So he's there recording his action. Yeah, that's amazing. So I don't know whether he knows he's doing it, but I'm constantly getting screenshots and screen recordings of of his actions. And you can see through all these screen recordings, his improvement over the last few weeks. Oh, it's nice to see. Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so. I'll show you some of those later, but I I, I just keep getting them through. I've just had three. (laughs) We know what he's up to (laughs) playing now. I know what you're doing. That's amazing. But it might be quite funny to like surprise him when you get home. You can say, I know what you've been up to. You say, how do you know that? You know, probably think you're magic or something. So amazing. Love it. So unless you've got anything else to discuss, George. Nah, like I say, let's um, let's get into this, you know, snake-filled epic. Anaconda. They have come to the world's most isolated jungle to explore the unknown Amazon. You ready? I think so. And conduct scientific research to prove the existence of a long lost tribe. Shinoshama worship giant snakes, anacondas as gods, perfectors. What is this? Anaconda skin. Is snakes up there this big? This skin is three or four years old. Whatever shed it has grown since then. Snakes don't eat people. Oh, they don't? That's it, man. I'm getting the hell back to L.A. It's always good to be prepared. Now, they are the ones being watched. Do you hear that? The ones being followed. Nobody move. The ones being hunted. There's something down there. That's right. No, I really mean it. I really mean it, too. But not by anything human. Anaconda. When you can't breathe, you can't scream. So, uh, do you want to give us one of George's famous synopsis for Anaconda, mate? Yep, yep, um, I'll go for it. So, Anaconda um, is a movie about a film crew, and um, they're they're sailing through the Amazon jungle, and the reason they're doing that is because they want to basically find this tribe, film them, come back, and, you know, make a documentary all good anyway as they're sort of going on this um, journey through on a boat through the river they come across a wrecked boat and it turns out that there's a guy on this boat and he basically needs a bit of help he jumps on board you know something's a bit off with him because he's the most odd guy you could ever pick up and basically then as this is all happening there's a giant snake chasing them 
as you might imagine from the title. Anyway, this guy they've picked up, he gets weirder and weirder and weirder. And then it turns out basically that he is, he's after this snake and he's basically set these people up. People start dying in sort of, you know, comedic ways. And um, then it all comes to like a big head at the end. And yeah, there's a showdown with the snake and a rapper and uh, a pop star. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, that, you know, pretty much sums it up with a few bits in between. <laughs> I feel like I've just watched the film again. That's <laughs> I know. That's nearly as long as the movie, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's quite a short film. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll give you uh, the official one. Go for it. What does it say? When a mysterious creature violently kills a man in a main lake. Oh, wait. No, sorry, that was Lake Placid. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. I was thinking, like, to be honest, you could have read that and I would have gone, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Two people unwittingly free a mad military scientist mutant fish near a summer camp and resort. Oh, hang on. No, that was Piranha. <laughs> <laughs> which actually got a, I don't know if you noticed look, it got a small shout out in this film there was just a part where I mean I don't know if it's an accident but J-Lo said to like the, the ginger guy like oh you know you're right like a mess and he said didn't he just a small piranha attack so maybe that was a little shout out anyway sorry Dan seriously yeah. now <laughs> no this is the one I, I could do a few more but <laughs> let's, let's just stop there filmmaker Terry Flores Jennifer Lopez is travelling deep in the Amazon jungle looking for a forgotten tribe Terry and her crew, which includes an anthropologist, Eric Stoltz, and a cameraman, Ice Cube, come across Paul, John Voigt, who is stranded on the riverbank. He offers to help them find the tribe, but his secretive behaviour puts everyone on edge. They realise too late that he's using them to find a legendary anaconda that's worth a fortune, if they can catch it. There we go. Yeah, summed up nicely. Also, something I just noticed, it's so mental to call someone Ice Cube, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, is his name like Mr. Cube? Uh, <laughs> what is his real name? Cube? Uh, 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 mate, I've no. got no clue. It's a cool name but, though, isn't it? It is. It's uh, just l- funny. I, that wasn't a pun, by the way. <laughs> I didn't mean that as a pun. That's an embarrassing pun. <laughs> no, that is what I call a pun. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, it's just so normal just to call, oh, he's, it's, he's Ice Cube. He's yeah. Ice Cube. Do you know what I mean? Like, hello? Like, this, like that's like, I don't know. Mates Cube, don't they? Oh, I can imagine they do. Yeah. But yeah, summed up really well, Dan. So I was going to ask you first then, like, you know, when have you seen this before? When was the last time you've seen it? Like, what's your sort of story with it? I've been a while since I've seen it, probably about 15 years or so. Yeah. I remember watching it in sixth form. It's one of those that I can never say I love the film, but I've watched it quite a few times. It's one of, it was always on TV and it's, it's in that kind of, that section of the blockbuster dvd collection that is sometimes if you just needed a a quick movie to rack on it it would be on there and i remember it always being for sale in the blockbuster used dvds uh uh, bin that they used to have at near the entrance that you could pick it up for basically 99p or whatever it was back in the day Um, bad sign it was in there oh no (laughs) so i probably watched it first around 98 99 something like that and it's the first time i'd come across j-lo and also a lot of the cast in this in fact Mm. yeah absolutely i think that a lot of these actors when i watched it first when i was younger it didn't register who they were you know it's only sort of like you know since I've looked at all their careers and that you know as I've got into movies and things oh my god they're an anaconda Mm. you know I first watched this like a sleepover this is like a classic like late 90s early 2000s like sleepover movie do you know what I mean that sounds like really girly doesn't it but like blokes did have sleepovers Mm. like you know your mate would be like do you want to sleep come around tonight and then you'd say to their parents like oh you know can we watch this movie and they'd look at it and think "Mm, it's a 15 like oh go on then do you know so this just really reminds me of of not just because of the subject matter but like Lake Placid Placid The Faculty Scream you know all those films you know that we're all going please can we watch this when we're kids and so I'd only actually watch 
this movie once. I'm at sleepover when I was probably about 11 or 12. So I sort of came to it a bit fresh, you know. I didn't remember loads about it. It's one of those, like you said, that was talked about because of sleepovers and things. But there's also a couple of moments in this that I remember being talked about in the playgrounds and, and things. Have you seen that bit in Anaconda when such and such happens, which yeah. we'll get into later? Also, uh, I remember the, the VHS cover being quite memorable. Those eyes. eyes yeah. yeah. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I, I could really remember video covers yeah. because you know i wasn't allowed to watch all of these films so i used to sort of like proper read the back of them and that and so if my parents went shopping or whatever i'd go to the video section in asda mm. and have a like and just look at the back and stuff and think oh i wonder how like bad this is and i wonder how like scary that is you know and like it's funny to think what like you know what, what when you're a kid what you think might be scary and yeah. stuff when you look back you think that there was a local video shop uh, near my house where i grew up and it was a tiny tiny little shop and there was a corner of it where if you were under 18 you weren't allowed in there where it wasn't porn it was uh, <laughs> shout out to porn um <laughs> for the 10th episode in a row <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't porn it was it was all the horror films now kids weren't even allowed in that corner of this tiny little shop but that is making kids want to go in there that it, is making well, kids. exactly and so what i I'd do go in there choose a video of my mum or my dad and my brother and my sister uh take we'd usually take about an hour we took probably sometimes we'd take longer to choose a film than to watch it <laughs> but once we'd all agreed on something my mum or dad would go up and, and pay and this is when i would sneak off into the horror <laughs> aisle and mainly because i couldn't wait till i was old enough to watch these films but their videos were more attractive to a, a young kid mm-hmm. and i don't think that's an accident i think they they know full well that you know you want to get these kids wanting to watch these in sleep yeah. and stuff they would have free 3D cases like popping out, little plastic faces coming out of the. DVD, I remember um, the video from case. Jack Frost. Did you? Ever, it was just a horror yeah. like snowman that had like yeah. you, know, you say a 3D case and things. You're right. They were really enticing us to like yeah. you know go and try and beg our parents to watch them. Exactly. So I, I would sneak there while while their backs were turned and the the, the staff member that was working that day probably didn't care anyway. <laughs> but just look around and, and I remember when I came of age that I was able to kind of rent them out myself going through these films that ended up being ultimately disappointed. I remember one of them was specifically the Leprechaun movies. Okay. Uh, with Warwick Davies. Right. I've actually never seen the Leprechaun yeah, movies. Yeah, well, right? I've only seen them once because they ended up being absolutely <laughs> terrible. But they attract like wow that's crazy like a you know slasher film with a little leprechaun that that's got a fucking terrible <laughs> but it, 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 you're right that the cases used to be and, and I think they lost that with DVDs they didn't have that kind of experimental kind of phase of putting 3D stuff on yeah. and attractive stuff and, on, on you know, all that's been massively lost now I, I wonder what it's like to be a kid now to flick on Netflix you know because there's parental controls I guess on there obviously I don't know about that not having a kid and not being a kid so like I guess they can't just look at whatever they want but you know like I don't know just they're the, missing out the magic of, of walking yeah. through the video I remember the joy of my mum and dad saying oh do you want to get a film out today and I just remember how amazing that yeah, was to that's... walk down there really excited that, you know the possibilities are endless yeah. now it's just oh whack Netflix on oh it has been lost all that and like you know, it was really exciting when you sort of didn't know what would be in the video shop because you weren't sure if that would be out and this is the day when between cinema and coming out on video would be like two years do you remember yeah, that like yeah. you know so you'd walk into the thing and there'd be a big cardboard cut out or something you'd be like oh my god like, it's out like please can we rent this one you know what I mean and then you're trying to like convince your parents like you'll like it too it'd be really good you know and like oh they're like oh I don't know it's a 12 or whatever like yeah. mate it's such a shame that all that's gone and I don't know I reckon there's people listening going yes that is my childhood too Yes, the older ones. Yeah, that's it, the old ones. And the young ones, I'm sure there's things that we don't get being a little bit older that you're like, oh, no, it's just as good now. But I don't know. I loved when I grew up. (laughs) 
You're right, though. Anaconda's uh, cover was attractive. Those eyes staring at you, evil eyes. You didn't quite know what it was. No. Did you know what an anaconda was at that time? Oh, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I wanted to know. You know, I wanted <laughs> yeah. to rip into this 15-rated movie and just, yeah. you know, watch it. If only I'd known how not scary it was when I was that age. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because, um, yeah. But let's set the scene for the film itself. Yeah. So the credits roll. We get actually... Yeah, we get like a bit of info about anacondas. And that's, I think, something you don't really get in movies anymore, where they yeah. sort of like give you a tidbit of like information, like factual information about... I was tempted to... I took a screenshot of that because I was tempted to use it as as my synopsis, but yeah. it actually doesn't tell you much about the film. No, it just, uh, it just sort of dangles a carrot on it and just says, you know... And there's some nice pan pipe music going on as well. Exactly. Pan pipes over yeah. beautiful sunsets over the yeah. Amazon. Um, and it's like you mentioned a few episodes ago. You don't get these sort of intros anymore, you know? No. This is like, there's loads of landscape shots. We see every single cast member, like, you know, up there and the pan pipes music. And yeah, it was just, it was a good intro, to be honest. And then we kind of get, it goes from those beautiful shots with the peaceful pan pipes over the Amazon. And then it suddenly changes tone slightly and the camera is down on the river level swooping through some reeds and some bushes and things and you see a boat kind of looks like it's been kind of grounded or something but it's yeah. it's, not, it's not moving and we get Danny Trejo yeah there he is so someone we we had a film on and a podcast about him we about three or four episodes ago so it's nice to see him pop up and I mean not much of a part for him he's sort of scrambling around in a boat isn't he trying to climb up to the top of he's the mast for about two minutes yeah so real real small part for him but, I mean at this point I mean I guess he was like reasonably well known I mean Dust Till Dawn, that was like 96. He had quite a big part in that. This is 97. So, you know, quite a small part for quite a well-known bloke. Mm. I did notice, uh, as you were speaking about bait earlier, about kind of ADR and and the the voice not quite matching up, it seems like it's all done in post. Uh, That was definitely not Danny Trejo's voice. (laughs) No, that's it. Yeah, they've obviously put that on, haven't they? Yeah, Speaking Portuguese, but (laughs) it did not sound anything like it. Unless his voice has completely changed since, it it sounds nothing like him at all. And kind of out of sync, I think. But that that's something that I think comes in (laughs) into this film quite a lot. Some ADR, obvious ADR issues. Yeah, um, and and um, quotes being put in in post to uh, kind of explain what's going on. (laughs) It needed it (laughs) at some points, didn't it? Yeah, Uh, but I've got to say, him panicking on that boat, knowing something's coming, and then something that we don't know what it is at this point, smashing through the bottom of the of the boat flinging up the, the nail comes up slow motion in front of his face doesn't yeah, it that's moment. very very good that, that could have come straight out of machete yeah absolutely you mentioned the the way the camera acts almost like a snake and that was actually one of my favorite things about the film i did really like when they were doing that with the camera when it was like rushing through the reeds or the bushes or sort of in the water and stuff and i thought that was cool you know it gave you the like i mean we know the title anaconda at this point we ain't seen the snake but it just gives you the like the hint that is a snake type thing yeah. without seeing it, you know, and I quite liked that. I thought that was good. It's very Evil Dead. Uh, so if you watch Sam Raimi's Evil Dead films, yeah. it, that kind of innovative way he moved the camera. Rushing uh, towards that cabin, yeah, wasn't exactly, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really low profile shots. But yeah, it, it, you're right. It kind of gave you that impression without seeing it early doors because you don't want to see it see it that soon. Uh, I wish I hadn't seen it the whole film. <laughs> we'll get into that, but I wish it just stuck how it was, to be honest. But, but then, yeah, you, you get the, the, the snake's strong enough to smash through the hull of a boat Trejo runs away he hasn't got a machete but he hasn't got a gun stops climbing up the ladder but it's all for now isn't it yeah pretty brutal to be honest you know I mean in the first sort of five minutes we see a bloke well not even that first two minutes bloke shoots himself in the face you know that's (laughs) it's uh, yeah it's quite a hard rather than get constricted or shoot 
shoot the snake, he shoots himself. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's telling us everything. This is you know, this snake is bad news. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut to Oh, this daytime where, somewhere else. Oh yeah, this is this is odd, and this is where this is the scene is that where we've got J Lo and the ginger guy. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably call him that the whole thing. No, I, I call him uh, Ginger Khaki Guy. <laughs> oh yeah, because right, yeah. who has the strangest role in this movie ever? Because you know he starts off, you think he's going to be like a main character, but then he's like resigned to the boat, laying there the whole film, you know, because he gets a is it a tracheotomy? Is that yeah. called? I mean, we'll get to that bit, but yeah, like I say, I was just surprised at how it sort of you know went for him. Um, he's I, actually had a mention in this podcast in a previous episode. Has he? Well, I where I know him from, and I couldn't get out of my head the whole film to be honest. Is um, Pulp Fiction? He's the he's the drug the drug dealer, isn't he? Who sells Vincent, you know, some heroin? Yeah, um, but he's famous for something else actually. Before that, so did you remember me mentioned that Marty McFly was originally a different actor, and they let him go after a small after a few scenes because it just wasn't working are you going to tell me that this guy was here that's him oh my god so this guy would have been in Back to the Future yeah. oh my god but they decided it wasn't working and they, they made it work with, Mike, with Michael J Fox who they originally wanted I believe okay. um, you can still on YouTube you can still see scenes with him acting as Marty McFly uh, what in the same sort of like clothes he's wearing like, yeah like... yeah yeah you see, I think it's the whole diner scene that's where, weird where someone calls him chicken and it, yeah you can see what they mean about it just seems harsh but it, he's not right for the for that role. Fair um, enough, brave decision. You know, like I, you know, I'm sure there's loads of movies where behind the camera they go, hmm, "This ain't quite right." But I bet they go with it yeah. just because they do. So fair play, if it ain't working. Sorry, mate. You know, you'll be better in Anaconda or other stuff, mm. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and yeah. So going on from that, he's he's uh, obviously uh, poor man's Marty McFly, <laughs> but he somehow is punching. He's with J Lo. Uh, how has he done that? Yeah, uh, ginger um, khaki guy. Oh, mental! I mean, they they do look sort of a bit of an odd couple. We re- we learn at this sort of point where he he's some sort of expert of of like ancient tribes or something, isn't he? You know, yeah. obviously that's like majorly attractive to her. An anthropologist, anthropologist. Yeah, all you know, it's all very you know very arousing to her. I guess. I mean, to be honest. J-Lo, in this point, you know, she's like looking at him like doe-eyed and that. And that is like her whole role for this entire film. And mm. I think after what she did in the last movie, like it's such a shame seeing her just act like that, you know. I mean, it's the time, it's 97, it's different, but she's better than that. All two of the female characters in this film oh, are pretty terrible. Yeah, just really. I mean, I... I I think they were trying in 97 for it to be funny, especially the other one. I'm going to call her like the redhead girl. Do you know what I mean? She, like, she just wasn't funny either. It wasn't funny and it was just majorly annoying. And yeah, I just hated that. Not hated the female characters in it. I hated the way they were like treated and portrayed and it was just yeah. stupid. And this whole section of the movie where they're introducing all the characters was so ham-fisted. It was that, like the way they were in, oh yeah, I like sound. I'm the sound guy. <laughs> yeah. and, and hey, I'm a captain of this ship. Captain. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. it's... And then you had that, like, the, the posh expert guy who was going to be on camera and stuff yeah. with the English accent. Pompous yeah. ass yeah. Uh, Mr. Westeridge. And it was the way they're all just sat on this jetty, do you know what I mean? At different areas of it. So yeah. the camera could easily sort of pan from one to the other. And like you say, Ice Cube's there. And they the way they were dressed it was just so like stereotypical yeah it was like someone challenged them to introduce as many stereotypes within 30 <laughs> seconds as they can so like yeah. bang i'm a latino oh bang I'm, I'm, I'm a posh english man i'm poor man's david attenborough yeah we need uh, another quickly yeah. like get him in there oh we need yeah. a gangster rapper let's get an ice cube in <laughs> it was just oh it's so uh, yeah terrible yeah. and it's very 90s wasn't it yeah um i did notice at this point as well a small again this can't be a an accident but i don't know loads of ice cube songs but i do know the song have a good day or mm-hmm. oh, no today 
today was a good day. That's yeah. the song. And I noticed he he did say that, didn't he? He, he said, today is going to be a good day. And I thought, I bet they put that. Oh, he wanted that into That's like, gotta be yeah, a reference, yeah, has to be. But yeah, you're right. It was all, it was very, the characters were very like predictable looking and, you know, they were sort of acted and talking exactly how you imagine they would. <laughs> I've got to say one thing that, at this point of the film as well is you immediately know the people who made this film want you to know when someone's a bad guy because we meet Matteo and he and he uh, looks Jado up and down really creepily and got yeah calls her hefe <laughs> and at so many points in this film he had a close-up shot of his face where he's like snarling and yeah you cannot be in any doubt that this bloke is bad news you know it was um both of those yeah. Matteo and the John Voight character who we'll meet later just grimacing all the time and it like so badly as well like campily grimacing like someone said no give, give me more give me another 20 percent grimace give me another 30 percent wrap it up yeah, yeah turn up to 11 <laughs> yeah. uh, he'd be a good director you know <laughs> i could do that <laughs> but yeah this whole whole thing was just so 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 ham-fisted yeah but then they they hit the hit the river yeah they? they hit the river so they're off and then there's a line that i just uh, honestly uh, i was more than cringing i just it was so embarrassing watching it it's the bit where owen wilson and and the the, the red-haired uh, girl <laughs> is sitting on the back of the boat and at this point you don't know if they're a couple or whatever they're just they're just crew together and he just says he just says <laughs> something something like is it me or does the rainforest just make you really horny yeah. and like that's oh, what I got here. Owen Wilson gets horny in the jungle. <laughs> and do you know what I mean about that? Like, there's cringing, and then there's just like, why is that written but, or said? Or oh, but it turns her on later when they're out in the bush recording sounds, background sounds. She suddenly goes, "Oh, these sounds!" Yeah, <laughs> she, suddenly, yeah, cracks on to Owen Wilson, and yeah, uh, yeah, and we'll get onto that a bit later. So, I mean, his plans sort of worked, but I just hearing that, I just like, who wrote that? You know who? Because it's not, I just didn't think it was funny. And I'm sure even in 97, people weren't going, ah, oh, it's well funny. Yeah. Like, what? It's weird. <laughs> really, really strange. Then I think they get hit by a tropical storm, don't they? And then come across John Voigt's boat, yep. which is caught up in the ropes. And again, if you're in any doubt, like whether this guy, you know, might be slightly bad, obviously he, he's preceded by a, a thunderstorm, yeah. you know. So that's always bad. A thunderstorm and then the matey turns up. So A guy yeah, saying yeah. a terrible accident. Yeah. And a, John Voigt playing a Paraguayan, by the way. <laughs> I know. Where did that come from? I don't know. It's just so odd to see this guy who's like, you know, definitely American being um, Paraguayan. <laughs> and it sounded like a, like a terrible Scarface tribute act. Didn't yes, it, it did. <laughs> I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he had that very Tony Montana thing going on. Although his accent was awful and it was a strange choice to make him like Paraguayan, he was one of the things in the film that like I did quite like. Yeah. Um, he was... He was funny and he was really having it up to the point where I was quite liking it. He's actually what I remember, like when obviously not knowing who JLo was back in the day, he's what I remember in it being quite a, a magnetic bad guy in it. Yeah. yeah I, I really, yeah, I was, I was drawn to him, even though he's an absolute. Yeah. I think you're right. Out of all the, the, the crew of this boat uh, and all the main characters, in fact, all the characters, you know, he's the only one that I find remotely like a little bit interesting yeah. and um maybe a little bit funny and uh, i want to see a bit more of because i don't want to see any more of any of these characters <laughs> i like the I, I like how over the top he is yeah he i think he's the only one who realizes what film he's in this yeah is a, like 70 style piranha film yeah and 
to be honest, I don't think the director knows what film they're making, but John Voight, I think, realises that he's in one of these, you know, river slash sea monster flicks. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I got the impression J-Lo thought this was a serious movie. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, she was playing it quite straight. This was her Hustlers. Um, yeah, that's it. So Oscar um, opportunity. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that was like, it was like I say, it was he he sort of got it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think he was one of the best things about this film. And the music alone told us he was a bad guy. If, <laughs> if the storm didn't tell you or the grimacing or his bad accent the music just whacked us on the nose with a he's a bad guy (laughs) (laughs) so if there's any doubt you you definitely know now you know all these clues and then we get to hear that they're after the uh, Shirishama people is it Shirishama people yeah something I can't say but and and he, he says oh you know I know him doesn't he you, yeah. know, you know does he say they saved me one time or whatever I'll take you you know don't you worry um, or, or he says I'll guide you there or whatever you know yeah. so um, I noticed so his story sort of kept changing at one point he said oh drop, you can drop me off at the next village they'll help me and then he was like oh, help. Yeah. so you know something's up with this guy um, also when we do meet the John Voight character everyone's just as he's explaining his like backstory almost everyone's like staring at each other like do you know what I mean there's yeah. those close shots you've got the the driver of the boat who we've mentioned who's always snarling you've got john voight you've got j-lo like looking like that and everyone's just it's like a bad soap opera sometimes <laughs> just looking at people's <laughs> reaction shots yeah absolutely <laughs> they just <laughs> It's like he went to film school and he knew that that's a way to 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 you know to get some suspicion into the movie and he just went with that and just went he had to do that over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> Talking about the Owen Wilson scene earlier that was corny and made you cringe. There's a, one that really made me cringe when J Lo and Ginger Khaki guy are on the boat mm. and uh, this fire flies up in in, in the sky and uh, oh this says, is cringe yeah fireflies flash when they're ready to mate. And uh, Jada goes, well, who flashes, the male or the females? <laughs> and he goes, both, actually. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know what the word after cringing is, but I think, like, you know, you, we were both doing that. Yeah. yeah. My toes are still curled right now. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible to watch, like, here, wasn't it? And to watch. Yeah, that was really, really cringy. And again, so the, the Beckdale test, which you mentioned last week, Dan, you know, that was in my mind as watching this. I'm thinking this is scoring low as you can go. Like all the women are talking about is just looking into the bloke's eyes and just chatting about like love, yeah. like shagging and stuff. You she's know? there. She's there as uh, somebody who's trying to get her her first feature documentary out there. I believe she's kind of working on on this big opportunity for her, but actually the film's not interested in that. It's more interested in getting some action with her and Ginger Khaki guy. Or I wish she got with Ice Cube to be honest. Yeah, that'd been quite cool. I mean, Ice Cube is almost like my second part, favorite part of this film. You know, yeah. I don't know. He's quite a likable guy. You know, I don't know if he can act really or anything, but he's just—he he was quite cool. He's yeah, playing Ice Cube. Isn't he's he? playing Ice Cube. You know, and he was like fine. You know, Ginger Khaki guy is not just punching above his weight. He's—he seems to be fighting in a different sport or something. But <laughs> I just—I don't get it. Like, why him, <laughs> J Lo? Why him? I know. What were you doing? Ice Cube's better. <laughs> and then we get off first proper glimpse of what the anaconda can do when uh, we see a panther oh the panther did you think the panther was a puppet I was trying to sort of work it out Parts, what yeah. The, so yeah. it's quite I actually rewound this bit because I thought that looks quite good in bits mm. but you could see there was a real panther in some shots that was obviously you know in captivity somewhere but then you got like 
close-up shots that were quite obviously a stuffed panther. So some taxidermy. So it was it was, it was uh, flashing between the two, and you'd just get some random shots of the camera spinning up to the sky so to kind of give you the twisting motion of a yeah. anaconda wrapping up its prey. But yeah, it was like lots of jump cuts, wasn't it? Yeah. But some shots looked terrible, some shots looked fine, and cutting between the two, and then it dragging it away, and you see its eye popped out. Yeah, that was funny. Like there's no need for that, you know. But they they just added that in. Like why does eye pop out? Like, just one of them but anyway it did and it just i think they're trying to get across that this snake can squeeze you so hard hard your eyes pop out <laughs> pop yeah i see where they're going but th- that was pretty cool basically i thought that what they did with the panther you're right it, it wasn't that bad it looked all right you know the snake though i mean like is just so rubbish and i i can't really decide whether it's just because it's old you know like in 97 the cgi wasn't all that but then i think actually there was stuff before that that would have looked better and they could have done it a different way and like i mean you're like me you like stuff to be done real you know actually i've just thought one so conan the barbarian there's a massive snake in that and um, it doesn't look brilliant but it looks better than this you know because it was actually there you know and i think this film, one of the things it fails at massively is is the CGI. Oh, the CGI is terrible, but actually some of the puppetry in it, and I'll get into a bit later, mm-hmm. it's really realistic. I actually paused it to see if it was a real snake. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into that later. But I agree, the CGI in this as a whole, mm. uh, we'll say it now, is terrible. The one thing I thought was like, a little bit good um, and interesting to watch was there was uh, is what they did with the bodies when the snake was like flipping them around that looked quite good like so the snake wrapped around looked awful but the way the body was flipping around sometimes when the snake that I was like they got they got the motion right they did yeah the human it was the the CGI around the human that wasn't so great that's it I I read that when they released the trailer of this originally that you know spoiler alerts by the way for later on in the podcast when Owen Wilson gets wrapped up against the 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 mast yep. and and falls into the sea the, the river they actually hadn't finished the CGI of the snake round Owen Wilson so actually all you saw was Owen Wilson on a, on a mast falling into the, the river oh wow no snake no snake oh god <laughs> snake I mean, that's the thing I guess in the trailer because they haven't seen the movie they wouldn't have noticed almost you know but yeah. it's one of those things looking back and thinking where's the snake <laughs> he's just falling into the water interesting and then we get on to the bit where Ice Cube is listening to gangster rap on the boat which of course he would be because he's a stereotype yeah um, and a boombox <laughs> yeah, on a boombox, mm. and that annoys the sensitive golf playing Englishman. Yeah, uh, who's such a bad golfer? Like, there's, he's <laughs> he's hitting a ball into a net, and he like misses the net a few times, which is like right in front of him. He's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and then the Englishman says, "You and whose army to him?" Mm. And which is one like a childish thing to say and you think no what who can be more childish than someone who says <laughs> you and whose army and i ask you responds your mama's and you go okay <laughs> that's that's more childish yeah he's won that battle <laughs> yeah. yeah what a comeback that was <laughs> and then they kind of come across the totems at the shirashima worship area where there's uh, that you find out that they worship giant snakes yeah and you think oh god yeah this is i mean this is where you 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 know if you weren't already aware like you know things are going to get nasty you know we know we've seen this snake kill a panther we've seen it you know we've seen danny trejo be that scared he shot himself and now we're seeing this like ancient civilization you know like worshipped it or you know made totems of it etc so yeah we're for a thrill ride and then uh voight and uh ginger khaki guy have uh, like a tribal trivia battle don't they trying to show who knows more about the tribes who knows more yeah and again just to hammer home that he's an evil guy he even sleeps with a grimace um <laughs> when he's in his hammock <laughs> he's there with a curl, curled lip and a furrowed brow <laughs> yeah 
so weird amazing is this getting onto the part as well where so it gets like night time on the boat and this is where Owen Wilson and that and that, that redhead girl like sneak off like basically to have sex in the woods don't they well actually no they're going to film some like sounds and things, uh, yeah they? film some sound um, uh, record some sound but also she gets horny because of the jungle and stuff yeah she's like 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 yeah. they hark back to yeah jungle's okay. a turn on oh god um this bit, as I was watching it, I was thinking, like, what they said in screen. They're like, no, in a horror movie, like, if you have sex, like, you die. And so at this point, I was thinking, like, no, that's probably the worst thing you can do. But, yeah. you know, they do. Well, they start to, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and then they think they're getting chased by a, a, an anaconda or something. It's quite clearly the sound that a, a hog would make. <laughs> so, or a boar. So yeah. you, you hear it squealing like a boar and you think, well, what? You know, they're, they're making out to the audience that this might be a snake. And, and Voight shoots it between the eyes doesn't he yeah basically great shot bang and like i say very proficient with a gun you know yeah. i mean five minutes before that we're watching him like carve this fish up with the biggest knife you've ever seen in your life so we're thinking this guy he's he's hard you know he's, he can um, handle himself big time he knows how to yeah. handle a knife and a gun yeah and he's just fed them for a week basically he says doesn't he yes that's it that feeds for a week wouldn't he so yeah yeah and just in case you didn't know the englishman was uh, posh in english he loves opera music <laughs> he listened to pavarotti i think or something <laughs> But then the rope gets tangled in the propeller and Ginger Khaki guy. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he, he does. He steps up big time, doesn't he? So he's, you know, he dons his wetsuit and he, and he sort of gets down there. And then he sort of comes into a bit of trouble, doesn't he? You know, everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? And so what's happened is basically his throat has swelled up, hasn't it? Because he's had a wasp. He's got a wasp in his throat. And it, it, it sort of alluded to later that that was actually planted there, wasn't it, by mm -hmm. the John Voight character. But to be honest, I wouldn't mind watching it again because I I don't remember him being sort of like near, I don't know, maybe I missed it, him putting the wasp in there, you know. But Yeah, I, so it, I don't think it didn't show it. No, it so didn't sort of it show it. It was only like, revealed later because he, he reveals it in front of J-Lo and she gets pissed off and like starts attacking him. So, yeah, you don't actually see that, but you're, you're, you, you suspect throughout it that he had something to do it because every time they try to go a certain route, there's always a reason they can't go that route yeah. because he's manipulating them to go that way. So he yeah. thought, I've got an idea. I'm going to put a wasp in this guy's breathing apparatus. Oh, that's how I got it. Oh, because my next thing was like, how did he do it? Now it's all sort of making sense. He put it in the breathing ah, apparatus. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. basically what I'm thinking, he gets into all this trouble, he gets pulled on the boat. And, you know, so when I know it's John Voight later on, I thought, when did he do it? But that makes sense. You've, uh, yeah, yeah, you've yeah because he's me. underwater and he's breathing and yeah. suddenly it comes in. Yeah, I don't know how that wasp survived in that breathing <laughs> apparatus. I don't know if a ginger khaki guy did any tests on his, his equipment before he went in, which he really should have done. <laughs> but then, yeah, and it somehow survived to not only... Uh, get in his mouth but also sting him yeah so yeah and... it was very uh, Silence of the Lambs wasn't it you know like yeah. pulling like a, a bug out of someone's mouth but this bit's like quite brutal like the, everyone's like panicking as you would you know it's obviously like yeah. really hammed up because it's this sort of film whereas the John Voight character is just like casually like just passing that knife I don't know what to do it just literally slits yeah. his neck doesn't he and it jams a pen in there knife, pen, tracheostomy done <laughs> yeah and then Bad he ass. actually says the, the line he says he'll be alright and just walks yeah. off I'm thinking what like the guy's got a, blow a, a pen in his neck you know but yeah, yeah. but that yeah. helps because obviously he wanted to go a different route earlier and like I said he's manipulated the situation where mm -hmm. he's saying well if you want to get to the hospital you want to go this way now yeah. and so coincidentally it's the route he wanted to go in the first place yeah, it was so. shaved 50 miles off bloody bloody blast so, yeah. Um, yeah so even though they're all gurning at each other they're like okay let's do it you know we've yeah. got to 
And I think you now see that this route has actually been blocked off by a, a quite a brand new wall made out of uh, oh, yeah. this dam. Yeah, yeah so, it's a, a kind of yeah. a dam stopping people, either stopping people coming in or stopping something get out. But luckily, John Voigt has a bag full of dynamite. Yeah, that's uh, it. Which and, is um, great. Yeah, and like I say, it's a perfect thing to get to get rid of this dam. Um, it's quite a funny bit actually. Like, so they they put the dynamite in, don't they? They basically light it, it blows up the dam, and then um, basically a load of snakes fall off the boat like everywhere and everyone's like freaking out again like yeah. you would ah oh, you know John Boy's not even bothered and he, he's quite funny he says come on babies thank you mama to all these little <laughs> so, listeners yeah, quite yeah. funny that come on, bit, really. back to your mother yeah quite funny they're freaking out aren't they and this is where the English guy gets bitten doesn't he by a yeah. snake you know an awful looking CGI snake and that's just a sort of a taster of things to come in yeah. it, really. it's like snake nado <laughs> yeah Suddenly, it's raining snakes all over the boat, but yeah. I th- more of that, I think, rather than the anac- of CGI anaconda. Yeah, that's it. And this is also where they lose their their fuel, you know, which is so convenient. You know, they've got one barrel left. Like, oh no, oh no, yeah. Somehow I mean, <laughs> that explosion knocked over some barrels <laughs> off the boat. Um, and they found uh, Danny Trejo's boat, don't they? And think, oh, should we wonder if there's any fuel on that boat? Let's go for a little swim. Yeah. So they go out there and this is the part where, you know, it almost could have been revealed that, you know, who what John Voigt was doing. But luckily, well, I say lucky for him, he finds the the newspaper cutting of himself, doesn't he? And you see that all three of them, you've got the, the snarling boat driver, Matteo, John Voigt and the Danny Trejo character. They were all basically a, a bunch of anaconda hunters. Very convenient they? that they had that picture. So us as the audience know that they were in cahoots. Yeah. That was good, you know, like I say. A Thanks for letting us know. Yeah, excellent, you know. So that, that really helped us. And, you know, very lucky that it fell into his hands and then he put it nicely in his pocket so no one had any idea. And then he finds a chest of treasures. Yeah, that he's like keen to put Ice Cube to help him out with. And that's when basically they go back to the boat and they're saying, oh, come on, Mateo, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he's... <laughs> the way, worst fall. He's basically... Oh, yes. <laughs> and also, he's way too far behind to ever live. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in a film like this, if you're, if you're that far behind someone, you're dead. You know, yeah. you're never going to survive, you know. And Ice Cube's just going out of shot, like behind a bush, getting onto the boat, and you know this Mateo guy is, is screwed. Yeah, and the CGI at this point is terrible. But the puppet <laughs> snake bit, I thought was quite good. Like... You see the inside of the snake's mouth. Oh, that that pink. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was quite detailed. Yeah. That was good. I've got to be honest. That's yeah. the bits that I like, where you see the close up of the inside of the snake's mouth. Someone's taken a lot of time on the puppetry there. Mm. Um, I heard that the CGI on this, right, as bad as it is. And again, we've said this before that there's no such thing as bad CGI artists. They uh, just either have not the budget all the time to do it. So obviously there's a lot of money been spent on this just not enough and not enough time do you know how much can you guess how much per second it costs to make this cgi snake oh wow uh that's an interesting question and i literally have nothing to sort of reference <laughs> of i let me tell you go for it hundred thousand dollars per second hundred thousand dollars per second so i mean i would say this film this this a uh, snake is in the film what would you say a minute 60 seconds worth, yeah, do you maybe, reckon? Yeah, maybe a little bit, because there's a bit, a bit of action at the end. Yeah. The, where, the other black snake with the, the red detail. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but that sounds like a, a lot, lot of money. money. Yeah. That's wow. What, that's how these movies end up costing so much. Yeah. And this is back in 97. So, you know, even though it would sound like a lot of money now, back then it would have been huge money. So, yeah. mental. Money, <laughs> not well spent, but anyway. So, he's basically missing now, this Mateo guy, who was quite obviously a, a bad guy, because uh, he was also snarling all the time. Yeah. And Ice Cube decides to go with go and find him doesn't he and uh, with with Voight yeah and they, they go back to try and find out where he's gone they're calling his name he doesn't answer J-Lo says to Voight 
go with him and he brilliantly says no no sorry sorry let me do this bit again so ice cube go uh, decides to go and find this guy and jlo says to john voight's character go with him and he turns around and says maybe some other time <laughs> yeah, i know and she's like you're such a bastard yeah, or something yeah she like, calls him an asshole, an asshole but it? then i'm thinking why don't you go yeah absolutely like, she doesn't bother going with him like yeah, that's it. But again, 97, you know, it was everywhere, not just, you know, in portraying women in this way. The other way around, she wouldn't want to get off the boat and get her shorts wet. So if, if they want to portray her as the hero of this movie or a hero of this movie, and she's the, the banner, if that was a male character, they would have jumped straight in there and been seen as, as the brave person. They should have allowed her to, that moment to say, well, if you're not going to go in, I'm going to go in. And then you think, oh, there's something about this character. But that just made me think, oh, she's feeble. She's relying on this, this male character to go and save the day. Mm. Get in there, go and save somebody, and yeah. then we'll think we'll have a bit of respect for you in this film. Well, the J Lo from Hustlers, she would have already uh, strangled that snake with her legs in the first five minutes. Do you know what I mean? And then she would have made that snake yeah. into a handbag, and then you know she would have killed John Voight. Oh, easy. Do you know what I mean? Just or for his money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. At least drugged him and nicked yeah. all his cash. So yeah, yeah I mean, J Lo's come a long way from this movie, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, then they find some anaconda skin and bring it back. Yeah. Um, and this is where like John Voight sort of plants the seed of the idea that he wants to start like fishing for this snake, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, like he turns Owen Wilson like so easily. Do you that, mean he just? Oh, like, oh, mate, I've got a note about this. Yeah, it's just so like th- with these characters, they've got like their motivation is just it's just on like a, on a knife edge. Like anything that someone says, they're like, oh, okay, we'll do that. You know, like he goes, oh, you know, a, a snake this big could be worth like a million dollars. And yeah. then Owen Wilson's. <laughs> completely in his pocket he turns heel so quickly and he's not put off by the fact that John Voight suddenly starts shooting guns at people either uh, he's like instantly yeah. alright oh yeah money yeah yeah I'm up for a bit money and even his missus suddenly a bad guy yeah even his missus at one point is looking at him going like she, her eyes are almost going like how can you do this And yeah. like, whereas 10 minutes ago his missus was like or his girlfriend or whatever she is that's all he could ever think about you know he's just horny as hell mm-hmm. and that's all he could think about 10 minutes later, he's like almost going, yeah, don't care about yeah. you really. I'll just yeah. stick with John. I'm not horny anymore because nah. I've got some money. I'm, I'm <laughs> horny it. for cash. <laughs> yeah, me and John are going <laughs> to... He's the kind of guy that would have been an absolute target in, in, in Hustler's film. But the anaconda skin is rolled out like a red carpet, isn't it? It's like, like rolled out. I wonder if like, I've, I've seen like big skins like that in zoos before. They're mm. incredible. And then somebody says snakes don't eat people and uh, John Voice character goes... Oh, they don't, and then runs his middle finger down the side of his face, and it's another like childish little. <laughs> he could have he could have used any finger to show him the scar on his face, but he runs his middle finger down the yeah. side of his face. I'm like, so childish, grow yeah, up. What an arsehole. Yeah, <laughs> and and this is the bit where I think I hate the J Lo character even more. Is she wants to stay and wait to see where this Mateo, Mateo guy is? Why? She's an idiot. Like she knows something's going on. They think he's been swallowed up by an anaconda. If he's not answering now, he's obviously dead. So she's responsible for a lot of deaths in this film. Yeah. Everybody that dies up past this point is because of J-Lo. And this is a big flaw in this film that I keep that keep coming back to throughout it is everyone's, you know, a few people say in it like, oh, we can't survive without him. We need him, this John Voight character. No, you don't. Just no. keep the boat moving. That's it. Just keep moving, get home, get the doctor, yeah. whatever. That anaconda is in a specific area. Just keep moving get out of there like that guy's in trouble you need to keep moving anyway yeah. just keep going everything the- that bad happens is when they stop exactly <laughs> so stop stopping and JLo <laughs> wants to stop at this point so they can get eaten up everyone that dies after this it's JLo's fault yeah. so she's not the hero 
she's actually the villain in this. Yeah, and the poor snake was, yeah. was, you know, he was doing what he thought he had to. If there's, if there's, uh, you know, a dinner waiting for him, sat there, he's going to eat it. If you move in, he probably think, oh, okay, I can't probably catch that. Well, actually, and John Voight, he's trying to, he's trying to kind of capture this thing. He doesn't want it dead. They're trying to kill this snake. Yeah, he's he's a conservationist of anything. Yeah, he's making a bit of money. <laughs> he's poaching, but he doesn't want to kill it. And they're trying to kill this animal. That animal's just doing what it was born to do. <laughs> So actually, J Lo is the villain in this film. Yeah, so he's completely spun it on his head. Yeah. And yeah, like I say, next time I watch this, if I ever do, I'll be looking at it in a very different yeah. way. <laughs> and while we're talking about how quickly Owen Wilson turned heel in this, how wooden is he in it? Oh, he, yeah. Have you ever seen his wow compilation? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, wow. His wow, wow. compilation. The wow compilation on YouTube is incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 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 Wow, he does do that wow. well, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, does he do one in this film? Just out of interest, I don't. No, think... I didn't notice. I don't no. think he's famous enough to have a catchphrase at this point. But <laughs> every film from this, he manages to get his wow. In. Um, but uh, one thing that made me laugh in this as well is how the tranquilizer was labelled reptile tranquilizer. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, it wouldn't be labelled reptile. <laughs> It'll have some sort of name. It won't be called reptile tranquilizer. So basic, isn't it? That was cool. And, then, and th- is this is this the part as well where where so John Voight's he's, he's into the fishing vibe now. He's like, right, we're going to catch this thing, and then he just literally whips out a gun and shoots a monkey. Like, yeah. oh mate, and it just falls in and like. I mean, we've had a few uh, things to tell us this guy's evil. Now, you know, this guy's an absolute arsehole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just shooting a little monkey. I was reading uh, the trivia section on IMDb about this film. Yeah. And there was one item of trivia that said, at the point in this film where John Voight sees a monkey in the tree and then shoots it out the tree, a real monkey was used in the tree, but the monkey that falls into the river is not a real monkey. He did not kill a monkey. <laughs> this was a part piece of trivia. Yes. Oh my I was god! Like, no shit. Because <laughs> that's uh, why you can't rely on that trivia on that page. It's no, because <laughs> am I right in saying it's it's like editable? Is that right? Yeah, of people so, people add it themselves. So so the yeah yeah exactly. It's like Wikipedia where yeah. it's like a, a community area. So that is mental. And the the whole the whole page on this is an absolute mess. So if you go, scroll down, there's a there's half of the trivia on on Anaconda is really grammatically incorrect <laughs> so let me get up the examples i so, mean maybe like the, the you know, fans of this film love it because it is so shit yeah. maybe they're, they're sort of taking that to a new level and, and even making the trivia page like ridiculous you know so let me just read you a, a block of these so uh, see if you can <laughs> spot the error that keeps occurring <laughs> so here we go ving rames were considered for the role of danny rich Annette Benning were considered for the role of Denise Kalberg. <laughs> Dennis Quaid were considered for the role of Dr. Stephen Kale. Martin Sheen were considered for the role of Paul Cerrone. Sandra Bullock were <laughs> Sandra Bullock were considered for the role of Terry Flores. And it goes on and on. And on. Was? Do they not know the word was? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be written by the same Paraguayan. It doesn't look like anyone's touched this uh, area. Oh, and Gwyneth Paltrow were considered for the role of Were Dennis considered. Kalberg. Yeah. So let me find the, the monkey one. In another scene, a monkey is seen sitting in a tree. One of the men aims his gun at the trees and supposedly shoots the monkey. After the shot is heard, the monkey supposedly falls into the water. A fake monkey was used for the segment of the monkey falling into the water. That's trivia. That's literally like saying, you know, although it looked like these people were on a boat and they're actually in the Amazon, you know, that they were actors and, you know, one of them has gone on to have a pop career and the other one has appeared in other films. So don't worry, they're not dead. Like At the point where... 
Owen Wilson is wrapped up by a snake. A real snake wasn't used. That's not a real snake. No. And and Owen Wilson did not die. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, that's so crazy that I literally love that that's on IMDb. You know, that is a top bit of trivia, that is. so Excellent. Keep yeah. up the good work whoever's doing yeah, the trivia. Yeah, fair play. They've obviously got a sense of humour, you know. And yeah, I sort of like things like that. That's cool. So obviously, the other person just doesn't know English. But that person, <laughs> that's quite funny. I noticed at this point that the anaconda can scream. Well, yeah, and something strange is that when I when I pulled up the the cast for this film, you know, to try and sort of find out their names. I mean, I never, I just call, we just called them whatever, don't we? But I always pull it up in good faith, you know, to try and say their actual names and stuff. I noticed that someone in the cast was named Anaconda Voice Frank Welker. What? Yeah. So the person's got a credit. Frank Welker is credited as the Anaconda's voice. What? So he's just Which doing is... scr- screeching noises. I guess so. Yeah, it's mental. So yeah. That's mad. I'm surprised someone's not put a bit of trivia on there going, the snake doesn't talk or whatever, you know. Like, or, <laughs> you know. See um, where you'll find that. I know, Frank Welker, whoever he may be. Is he a voice artist? I don't know. I'm having a look. To be fair, he's done a few bits. He's done something with Mortal Kombat, Transformers. There's been a few, like. Oh, yeah. He's obviously a yeah, famous voice artist. Oh, I say famous. He's, <laughs> he's in Anaconda. <laughs> he's going to be my, my link. Imagine that. Yeah. Having the funniest link ever. <laughs> Transformers, yeah. You know, I'm gonna, that's Anaconda is also in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right. So at this point, it's kind of Voight has taken command of the ship. Mm. He's using monkey as bait to catch the, the screaming Anaconda. Yep. And he, he is nearly successful. Yeah, I, I was going to say, sorry, Owen Wilson as well. He He's quite on board with it because he, he wants to sort of film now, doesn't he? He wants to film John Voight catching a snake. He's yeah. like got given up on the, the, the documentary idea. Sorry, Dan, what were you going to say about... But yeah, so he goes fishing, he gets a bite yeah. um, and and this anaconda <laughs> comes up screaming in his face. Yeah. Um, they're trying to take it down. It's whipping all over the shop. Ice Cube tries to shank it with a <laughs> two-inch blade. Yeah. <laughs> he runs towards it with a little <laughs> box cutter, thinking it can do some damage. There's a, a good fall as well. When the, the redhead girl, Owen Wilson, sort of misses, gets thrown off the boat, and it just, it just looked amazing, yeah. you know? And the snake spits a monkey at the Englishman. <laughs> yeah. That, that like, is all, like, corroded, isn't it? Like, yeah. bang. It looks like a teddy bear or whatever. But as we know, it's a fake monkey, I imagine. Yeah, I, I, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, if in the trivia it doesn't say that, so I'm assuming it is a real monkey. Actually, oh well, yeah, if the stage. trivia doesn't say it, then yeah. I mean it should be, you know, because obviously they would, like, you know, they would lay it out in the trivia for us. So, oh, poor monkey. And then the snake uh, makes a choice to go after JLo, who's behind a, a window pane, <laughs> yes. rather than anybody else that is on the deck of the boat. Yeah, that's it. I mean, this <clears> little like boat room or whatever is like the back of the boat, isn't yeah. it? And the snake goes all the way to the yeah. end and smashes through that window. Like, it's very dramatic. She's hot. She, yeah. looks, she looks tasty. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's drawn to her (laughs) (laughs) and it's got to be one of the quickest comeuppance in film history where like owen wilson has been a bad guy for all of like a minute before he gets wrapped up to a pole and suffocated yeah and the snake's been added in this time you know like you said in the trailer that was was obviously you know non-existent and yeah uh, the snake basically ties him to a pole doesn't he or a sort of stake and yeah kills him as snakes do but Voight had at this point already managed to get a trank, trank dart into the snake's mouth so he was obviously the effects were coming over the snake but it's still yeah. strong enough to to take Wilson down yeah and obviously Wilson's girl, girlfriend is distraught but she still just waits on the edge of the boat wailing like <laughs> J-Lo 
<laughs> just there tapping her on the shoulder. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's what they're there to do. Giant killer snakes in here, but let's just have it chill out on the side of the boat uh, and, and wait for it to eat me as well. Yeah, there's actually quite a funny bit I liked when you know when the the he's got the bite of the snake and um, John Voight's idea is to he's like he's like blind the snake, blind the snake, and I just love it, like point it in its eyes. Like, <laughs> I mean, just a really funny way to like distract the snake. You Game know? of light. Yeah, I like that. That was funny. <laughs> and yeah, like I say, so that's the end of Owen Wilson. You know, he's a baddie, like you said, for all of a minute and something I quite liked as well was after this we get a shot of the snake like underwater and like the snake was actually a bit fuller <laughs> Do you mean, it was like fatter wasn't it I quite like that like it was like the continuity was there you know not, not was only like... was he a bit fuller you could see the outline of his face uh, Owen Ross's face in the <laughs> so snake so good like do you know what I mean? like little things like that I quite like you know they've, they've thought about that and they could have just put the snake you know normally swimming yeah. through but they've actually like they've you know gone that extra mile. I wonder if that was a fake Owen Wilson in that vacuum pack snake <laughs> What do you think it was a real one? Oh, I don't know. Didn't say anything on Did the trivia. Did it say, wow? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good if it had swum bars and gone, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> Uh, and now we get uh, Voight making the Englishman his bitch. So he's basically said, take my stuff upstairs or whatever. Yeah. And he's saying no. And he says, well, yes. And kind of makes him. Yeah. Um, they have a bit of a fisty cuff, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, J-Lo puts some lippy on to seduce old man Scarface. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a really good bit, actually, I liked on this bit. So, you know, it the way this is shot, it's like the most basic thing ever, isn't it? You know, the way J-Lo's, you know, like uh, going up to him or sort of sultry or whatever. And then, you know. Contact, uh, bit of contact, uh, that's it, contact. touches his hand and stuff yeah. and um, then basically John Voight sort of spies Ice Cube doesn't he coming from behind in a mirror yeah and um, so what he does sorry he, sorry, he kisses J-Lo he looks at Ice Cube so he knows it's a fake yeah. and then he uh, and then he basically throws J-Lo off him, himself for a second but then he goes back to kiss her again yeah, no. I just noticed that it was quite funny like he just wanted another kiss uh, this is another AD, uh, another moment where there's obviously some audio added in post right so the plan goes exactly how you say. So he's kissing J-Lo. He sees Ice Cube in the mirror, turns around, points the gun at Ice Cube, and then suddenly the Englishman comes up behind as a double fake and smashes a golf club around his head. Yeah. How did they know that that guy just wouldn't shoot Ice Cube straight in the face? Like Ice Cube came up there running, knowing he was the bait. Yeah. Basically, he was he was the fake out, and the Englishman would come through the window with a, with a golf club. But then you hear a bit of ADR coming in saying, the plan worked. <laughs> we know it was a plan. It's quite <laughs> obvious that it's a plan, um, but you had to tell us that it was a plan. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's a um, on a plate for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a, the best line in the movie is at this point where the Englishman has just hit him with a golf club and then says, asshole in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is quality, isn't it? That is a good play on words. Love it. And this is a point where the sort of crew like take the boat back now, isn't it? So they've got the John Boyd character, you know, sort of tied up or whatever. And yeah, yeah he's. Jalo uh... says, I can trap a snake too. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and like I say, I mean, he's tied up in a way that he'll never be able to get out, you know? Yeah. So, you know, he, he'll sit there definitely for the rest of the film and not, you know, peep. <laughs> This is where the Englishman signs his own death warrant by teaching Ice Cube how to drive the boat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... So as soon as he's done that, he is now disposable. Uh, <laughs> you're, you've just signed your own death yeah, warrant. You've mate. done what you needed to do. Yeah. You're, you're gone, mate. You know what I mean? Give it 10 and you'll be, um, you'll yeah. be out of this movie. There's a very convenient <laughs> driving lesson for Ice Cube because then they're not stranded. Uh, yeah. But for you, mate, that's, that's, that's the end of your life. Yeah, you're no longer needed. And, yeah. and soon enough, the boat does get stuck, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Sort of by a waterfall. More totems. Um, yeah, more totems. And I thought at this point, like, it started looking quite like studio-like, you know? like yeah. I, most A lot of it did actually look like it was on location. Yeah. I did look up where this was filmed because I, I thought... 
in my head, like not knowing these landscapes that well, I thought, I reckon this is filmed in America and they just like said it's the Amazon and it's probably, you know, some nice river in Washington or whatever. I looked it up. They did actually film it in the jungle. Some like, of oh, it, okay, yeah. Cool. And some in LA, yeah. Yeah. And like I say, this part, it did look very studio-like. Quite, you know? It looks like Disney World. Or yes. It, it looked yeah. very Universal Studios. Yeah. It looked very much like that, 100%. So they're grounded and Ice Cube, suddenly an expert in engineering or something, decides to need to tie a couple of ropes to some trees either side. For some reason... <laughs> He and J-Lo need to go together, but they send the Englishman on his own to tie. Why does it need two of them to tie it to a tree? Oh, well, that's just so everybody's out in the water and, yeah. and the snake has someone to go after. That's it. And then we're, we're left on the boat with the, the John Voight character and the, the red-haired woman, aren't we, conveniently? Yeah. you know? And like I say, John, I mean, I was watching this thinking, she's in no danger. He's tied up. There's no way he can just, like, get up and, like... And you know, strangler. His 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 arms are tied up, but he does. He literally flips off out the like out of his seat or out of the floor, doesn't he? Puts his legs round her net head and proceeds to strangle her. He disarms her and <laughs> strangles her without letting her get a single stab in. She like she had a knife clutched in her hand, yeah. and he disarms her, being tied with his hands tied behind his back. Either he's really impressive or she's ridiculous. She could have just got one stab in in his thigh and let him bleed out. I'm sorry to be graphic, but come on. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, but no, like I mean, to be honest, this that was probably one of my favorite bits of the whole movie. Just seeing him like straddled around her face. Just yeah, that was really <laughs> funny and cool. It, it was just a great death, really. It was like Xena on a top from Goldeneye. <laughs> yes, it was absolutely very. Zena on the top yeah on, yeah. on Pierce Brosnan yeah that was good except uh, Pierce Brosnan does better uh, hurt noises <laughs> that's, that's my Pierce oh, Brosnan impression I always remember that bit where she like bites his lip and yeah. it looks like it really hurts yeah. like, ah you know what I mean? yeah. that's good and then the Englishman kind of is trying to outrun the snake yeah up a waterfall yeah um, while Voight is fighting both J-Lo and Cube yeah and he's beating the shit out of them yeah and, and, and like I say the like you said, the Englishman he goes up the waterfall, and I mean, I don't think I don't know why he's there because the snake's already like gone over the boat, smashed through a window and stuff. Yeah. He's definitely going to get you behind a waterfall, mate. And <laughs> well, if he does, doesn't he? It's um, yeah. he jumps, he jumps out from this. He tries to escape it by jumping down the waterfall, and the anaconda comes after him down, and then catches him and then falls back up like a yo-yo doesn't he yeah. so he's like running back up and I thought that was really cool it wrapped him back up that was a nice obviously CGI was terrible but it was a it was a well set out set piece when it comes to a kill yeah cool kill like you know there's there's only sort of so many ways you can get a snake to, to sort of kill or throw a human around and that was interesting yeah. so yeah fair Definitely. play for him for that and then a tree conveniently falls on the boat and uh, breaks up the fight. Yep. And this is where Jayla gets some good shots on the on the snake, doesn't she? You yeah. know, she's really taking chunks out of his head and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> also, the snake doesn't even bother eating the Englishman or baby birds. Uh, Ginger Kaki guy wakes up at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, he's, he's very much like, oh, you know, almost the way he's sort of looking, what's been going on? You know, <laughs> wow. And, uh, wow. Must, and this is, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and this must be the end of the film because Jayla shoots the brains out of the, of the anaconda and... It doesn't instantly die, even though his brains are blown out. It screams a bit and then yep. slowly goes under. And then uh, Ginger Kaki guy comes out and tranks Voight. Yep, and then he sort of slips off, doesn't he? Sort of off yeah. the boat and things. And I mean, you know, this could be the end of the film. I mean, you know, all they've got left to do is to stop at an abandoned like shack and look for a bit of fuel yeah. and pick up some guns. And we, 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 <laughs> just when he's shot 
John Voigt with the, uh, the, the Trank, by the way, there's some more of this dialogue in ADR where they obviously want to get across the fact that John Voigt hasn't died because you hear in the background, you don't see anyone's face say it, just say, the tranquilizer isn't working. Yeah, we can see, okay. And and then he, he falls in the water and someone goes, damn, the dot come out of his back. Yeah, we saw. Okay, we understand that, that he's obviously not fully tranked and he survived, yeah. Don't tell us that. Just let him pop up later. Yeah. But obviously it's because they thought, oh, later on when he pops up, people can say, hang on, he was dead earlier. They treat us so like we're so stupid in this film. Like they, they think this, although it's a fifteen, I think that the age they were aiming the kind of intellectual age of this film is probably about three or four. I reckon. Well, harken back to what we talked about at the start of the episode. You know, we know that the cover of this VHS was, you know, really trying to entice children to say, "Mummy, mummy, you know, I want to watch it." So, yeah. yeah, like in a weird way, maybe they're saying our target audience are 10 year olds. You know, we want 10 year olds to be talking about this in the playground and we want them to understand like yeah. what happened. And there's two more of those examples straight away. So they pick up Ginger Kaki guy and take him back to bed and yeah. they go, he lost consciousness again. No shit. You're carrying him back. His eyes are closed. You don't need to tell us that. <laughs> And like they're just spoon feeding us everything. Yeah. And another one is, oh, the the tree dislodged us. <laughs> Lit- yeah. Literally telling us every little thing. We know, we know, we know. Stop it. <laughs> show don't tell. They keep telling everything. There's a, there's a rule in in movie making where they say show don't tell. Mm. You sh- show us what's happening. Don't tell when you can show. That's what that's what cinema is all about. Yeah. Now stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You've told Anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> so so much convenience as well. That that tree knocking them backwards. And this is where something you mentioned, the first thing you mentioned about Hon- Anaconda. The uh, backwards waterfall. Yeah. Yeah. Waterfall. This is, you noticed that you saw yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's not in all the shots. Like when they got to that waterfall part, I was like, oh, it's flowing nicely there. It's flowing nicely there. Blah, 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 blah. And then towards when the boat sort of freed, I was like, and there it is. It's going backwards. up. A I bit. think I know why as well. Ah. They obviously didn't have a shot of the boat freeing up and going backwards <laughs> so they've got a shot from earlier when going in going in yeah and just reversed sense. it and yeah. obviously they either didn't get a shot or the shot wasn't good enough yeah. and just thought ah oh, shit let's just reverse it because ice cube saying oh the the tree dislodged us <laughs> the tree knocked us loose wasn't enough no they need to let us know they, they need well. yeah so they showed and told us so thank you for that i mean uh, they could have just stuck something in front of that waterfall i don't know like you know the way this sort of film's made it wouldn't surprise me if they just shoved like a like a a really close up piece of wood you know on the camera just to hide that but anyway you know (laughs) and then this is kind of coming up to the the kind of pièce de résistance the final part of the film yeah and they come across an abandoned outpost with loads of discarded weapons on the floor that have obviously been there for a while oh that's it and and I've got to be honest very cool looking uh, sort of area for the final sort of yeah. battle isn't it it looks really like dilapidated and really cool and, very water world type there, yeah isn't it? you know the piers all sort of broken and stuff and yeah they pick up um, some, some weapons don't they and well, does, does Ice Cube pick up something a bit Ice Pick or, Ice Pick <laughs> That was it, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So they go in sort of tooled up. J-Lo's got some sort of like rifle or Looking whatever. Looking for she. fuel, but knowing there could be more snakes about and yeah. they see some drums. Those drums could be fuel. <laughs> yes, we know you're in there for fuel. Well, we can see the drums. Show, don't tell. Yeah. And But they find a snake skin in here, don't they? Yeah. And like I say, that's ominous because um, this is the bit basically where they get sort of like flanked by John Voight, don't they? And He managed to knock them both out with the butt of a gun at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Ba-boom. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next thing, we know they're tied up. And I mean, it's quite obvious what's happening there. They're basically going to be bait for this anaconda that he's absolutely desperate for. And just so, you know, he's sure that the, the anaconda is definitely going to like want to eat them. He covers them in like monkey blood, which I was like, oh, that's actually pretty disgusting, isn't it? It's quite like... Quite, this film is quite like sort of light-hearted and silly and that was just really disgusting you know like, when the bit when he was draining the monkey blood from the table he used to kind of slit the monkey's throat and there's <laughs> there's blood dripping down into the bucket that was actually a fake monkey yeah yeah oh wow yeah, you've obviously so, had a read on the old IMDB yeah, they've I've <laughs> done some research <laughs> but yeah that was nice wasn't it throwing blood all over and it's a nice touch and then we get a different snake turning up it was they've obviously made sure it's not a green one it's a different species of some sort it's black and red uh, just so we know it's a different snake than the one that got his brains blown out and somehow a neps uh, it kind of wraps itself around j-lo and an ice cube and it's constricting them they're in a lot of pain they're not dead yet they're in a lot of pain but somehow a net going around the anaconda stopped it constricting <laughs> a net oh no i can't how to deal with nets it was wrapped around really tight it would have kept wrapped around them if it was in a net it, oh, it, suddenly mental. it started easing up yeah and then they get shot with some more trank darts. Yeah. These trank darts are shit, by the way. These <laughs> yeah. reptiles. Well, they're meant for reptiles. You know? <laughs> they obviously don't work on anything else other <laughs> no. than you know, reptiles. And it just, yeah, it's just not it's not slowing the snake down particularly. So Voight legs it, doesn't he? Yeah. He goes up a ladder. Yeah, he's off skis, isn't he? And I think this is the point, isn't it, where the snake sort of comes up and, and eats him. Yeah, well, he um, pulls the ladder down first. That's it. And then um, Voight manages to get loose and starts to run away, but then Ice Cube pulls the net up in front of him <laughs> conveniently. Yeah. And like basically, and th this is probably my favourite bit of the whole film. Um, I knew you'd love this bit, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> this so, is one of those bits in the playground we used to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's just such a good bit, you know. And when I was watching this, I thought, oh, damn, we'll love this bit. But basically, we, we get to see like John Voight get regurgitated by the snake, don't we? You yeah. know, And he comes out and he looks all disgusting and he's like covered in like, like snake acid he's half he's like digested dying. yeah and he he's like half dead isn't he and he, he winks doesn't he yeah. <laughs> that is it's just really he gets, cool he gets spat out lands on his knees right in front of j-lo yeah and just gives her a cheeky wink that was some of the the best bits like first of all it's constricting him and his his head kind of pops doesn't it when yep. it's tied around him and then we get this great view that i thought was one of the best shots in the film of when the snake is just about to put its mouth around his head and the view is from inside the snake's gullet looking oh I and we see the out pink of its neck. Yeah, yeah so that was cool. We're inside the snake, looking at its prey, and and John Voight coming inside, and it's and it held on to that shot longer than I thought it would. It's like so, a tunnel, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So you see this body coming up, and I thought it was, it was very well done. That was. Yeah, that did look good. Um, and there's also a bit where it must have been a, a callback to The Shining, where where the snake kind of has its "Here's Johnny" moment, where J Lo's next to a door and it just smashes its head. <laughs> yeah. Through. Here's Johnny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like, I like that. But suddenly the snake goes really fast up that chimney stack, doesn't it? Towards that chimney stack. It, it chooses when it can go fast and when it can go slow. <laughs> so it goes really fast after after J-Lo and then it doesn't, doesn't go up the, the chimney stack very, very... Uh, very well and i thought that was a very clever way to to kill the snake by the way so you get to see the whole snake because if you killed the snake while it's in the water you didn't see it yeah but they've they've actually managed to get oh, do you know what let's get this snake climb right up a chimney stack the length of this snake so, so we've we got the full like view, full of, view it. of it when it explodes yeah. and and goes flying it's it's on fire and yeah it's just a is a really good way and this made me think what's worse than a giant predatory constrictor snake <laughs> 
a flaming giant predatory <laughs> yeah. constriction. One that's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. But yeah, that final, that axe in the head and that bitch is just a bit of a, oh, is that it? Yeah, I was expecting, you know, we knew that line was coming and I don't know, I just thought that line could have been a billion times better yeah. but yeah it's after the final scare as well which always happens doesn't it there's always a final there's always scare. that one more yeah yeah like i say always always especially in those late 90s films you know you always get that one more you know the baddie has one more sort of like hurrah and this next bit pissed me off so jaylo and ice cube have just gone through all this shit and yeah ginger khaki guy suddenly decides to start oh, waking up he wakes up at the perfect yeah. time doesn't he and she, he says to jaylo oh you're a mess that's rich <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. just laid there with a pen in your throat yeah. for the whole movie. You're, you're lucky, mate. You're lucky to even be in her vicinity. You should see her when she turns 50. I bet you're <laughs> a mess at 50. You should see her. She's shaking it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She's Yeah, she's owning it. And then, I mean, this bit like sort of surprised me a little bit. They they actually find the tribe they were looking for, you know. I literally thought the credits would just roll. But no, we had like, you know, a couple more seconds for them to actually find the tribe. <laughs> and the, the Shirashama, you know, kind of... <laughs> must be pissed off at this point because they've killed they, they worship these snakes yeah and they've killed two of them but they just let them go anyway i thought they were going to get like you know some rocks thrown at them or something but no, no comeuppance for killing their gods it's blasphemy basically isn't it yeah well i mean maybe they were saving that for the sequel you know uh, there we go. That, you know of which there's been a few i believe there have yeah there has been um, a couple of sequels I mean, one of them actually starred um david hasselhoff that's right yeah <laughs> This film actually ends exactly the same way it begins. Pan pipes and sunsets. Yeah. Roll um, the credits. That's it. Done. And, you know, I mean, and all that film was, you know, shoved into an hour and a half. It was one of the shortest movies I've watched in a long time. Man. It's the shortest movie we've done uh, on this podcast. Yeah. Um, by 20 minutes. You, I mean, you just don't get them like that anymore, no. do you? Um, Machete, I'm, which felt like a short film, was 20 minutes longer than this. Wow. I... I I actually quite like it sometimes when I turn something on look how long it is and think oh it's only an hour and a half you know but I like it when obviously the film is uh, you know a good quality mm. picture <laughs> it it didn't feel that short at certain points so, <laughs> uh, like those bits on the boat so uh, just stretched out but yeah it's not it's nice to have a short and you got more of them in the 90s you think look at uh, Inception is over an hour longer than this which is crazy wow that's yeah long long time and like I say it is nice sometimes sometimes you you look at the runtime of a film and, you f and you've almost got to plan your entire evening you know to watch that movie whereas with this I, I said to Dan earlier I was watching the football and the football was going like really badly so like sort of 20-30 minutes towards the end of the football I turned it off and I realised I had enough time you know before bed to watch Anaconda um, yeah. I couldn't have watched Inception or I couldn't have watched you know can't, can't start a film at 8.30 it's too late for me but this I could you know hour and a half so yeah it filled a gap yeah long may that continue yeah <laughs> uh, especially for this podcast because we can fit them in and, and dissect them quite quickly that's it that's it so to sum it up then Dan um, so what was your thoughts on Anaconda you know watching it all these years later and yeah what do you think it's terrible isn't it it's pretty <laughs> yeah. it's pretty bad like it, it's enjoyable at moments like some of the it's like with all of these films like obviously that's on a different level to this film but since Jaws uh, people have been trying to recapture that kind of Jaws in a river or it's like Die Hard isn't it where people are trying to capture the magic from a certain film that has done it so well and oh let's do our version of it like die hard in an airport or die hard on a bus which is speed yeah you know those sort of things but anaconda is jaws in the, in the rainforest but it's just like good kills in it like some funny kills some terrible acting some terrible screenwriting some terrible cgi some good puppetry should have kept to the puppetry some good practical effects some obvious seams when it comes to changing from the amazon to to an la soundstage overall pretty bad 
I think. Yeah. What would you score if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of give a score on this one? I don't hate the film. Like I I enjoy it while I watch it. So put it that way. So I I'd feel bad giving it a terrible score, but it's right down the middle for me because there are moments I like. So I'm gonna give it a five. A five. Cool. I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty terrible, uh, like sort of from start to finish. I was hoping that I knew it was going to be bad, but I was hoping it was going to be one of those ones I think is so bad that it's like good, you know, but it didn't quite hit that for me. You know, I thought it was bad and there was a few little bits like you I quite enjoyed, but overall, you know, I wouldn't be rushing to watch it again. In fact, you know, I might never, ever watch it again. I liked that John Voight character. He was, without a doubt, my favourite bit of the entire film. He was good. Apart from that, there wasn't too much I liked, but... You know, I'm glad I've watched it again because, you know, it sort of took me back to a time, you know, 97, you know, at those sleepovers, watching these sorts of films. So it was not a waste of time at all. If I was going to score it, I'd give it a three because... Ouch. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. I mean, a couple of points it got there that John Voight was, you know, he was he was good. I thought that... Actually, fuck it. Like, there wasn't a lot I liked about this movie, you know. But uh, Oh, actually, I liked the runtime. And that's not like slagging it off. That's just saying that it, sometimes an hour and a half movie is a good thing, you know, because yeah. you can fit it in nicely. So a couple of things I liked. But um, overall, yeah, not one for me. And I'd give it a three. That's an, that's an ouch <laughs> of a score. That's that's by far the worst. What's the worst score you've given um, before this? I've given something a... I was going to say four then, but I don't know. I can't remember anything no. being below a five, to be honest. No, I'll have to look it look it up. I just it, this film just didn't have much like it didn't have anything for me to go back to. It, it, it there was bits where it really annoyed me as I was watching it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like so sorry, cringing, you, you know? This. Oh no, but not at all. Because as we said before, this never a waste of time. You know, like I'm glad right. I've watched it again. You know, because you know, I now I can if someone says to me, "Have you seen Anaconda?" I can say, you know, with confidence, "Yes, I have." Yeah. Don't, don't watch it. No, um, you know, it's never a waste of time. I'm glad I've seen it. So, in short, by far the worst film we've seen so far in our eleven episodes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think look, I think looking back, yeah, it, it definitely is. You know, yeah. and I'm sure we're still going to see worse. And it got three points for me because there are things I did like quite like about it. You know, there was a few bits which were quite cool. But overall, yeah, not for me. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think I just feel, get a bit more enjoyment out of the shittiness of it. Yeah. <laughs> and also... Out of this know, particular one, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, you know, when you were younger, you might have had that like bit more of an attachment, you know? I mean, I could present a movie which is just as awful and I would probably say, Dan, there's some funny bits and there's some good bits on this. You know, Star you, Wars. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry, I no, know, I know that hurt. Um, but you know what I mean. Like there, there would be, like I say, it rolls reverse. Like I say, the same thing could happen almost. So, yeah. um, nah, good pick, mate. And it's it, bad, isn't it? It's it, just bad. It's a bad film, you know. <laughs> it's a bad film. But so I got a game for you, Dan. I think I'll. Call you, I haven't given it a name, but I think I'll give this this game a name. Of uh, you've got to guess which direct to video film is real and which film is fake oh i can see that being a saturday night tv show that's really catchy <laughs> you know like really like short and snappy and like to the point but anyway so what i'll do basically mate is i will basically the reason i got onto this is doing a little bit of research for anaconda as we mentioned earlier i noticed that there was uh, a couple of anaconda sequels and then i saw one anaconda free starring like david hasselhoff and i just thought that's amazing you know reading a little bit about it it was one of those classic like director video or director like tv sequels you know what i mean ones that never hit the cinema and there's tons of these movies where 
you know people haven't heard of them and they star people back in the day before they like really hit off their careers and things and so what i've done is um i found a few of these that uh, you may or may not have heard of and i also added in a few myself and wrote a little blurb about them and i'll give them to you and i was just wondering if you could say whether you think they're real or are they fake you know did they ever actually come out so great well, um, we'll start with the first one, mate. So the first one is is Jingle All The Way 2. So I'll read you a little blurb. Larry, played by Daniel Whitney, wants to gift his daughter, Noelle, a doll that she so dearly desires. He races against Noelle's stepfather to get the doll in order to come out as the better father. So that's real, isn't it? I think that's real. So that is a real movie from 2014. And yeah, I mean, I love the first one. I mean, this one sounds awful. The, <laughs> you know? the, the first one is a good example of a bad film that's great. Yeah. I think the first one, they, they got like lucky. I don't know if the message that they were trying to get across in the first one was what they were really trying to get at, but it does work. Yeah, I like know? it. I really like the first one. So correct. That is a real movie. So the next one then is a direct-to-TV you know, uh, or direct-to-VHS, DVD, whatever, sequel. America. American Psycho 2, All-American Girl. With Mila Kunis. With Mila Kunis, you've heard of it. So <laughs> this is a 2002 movie. Mila Kunis, who's also, basically who's trying to kill, or I haven't seen the film, but it basically also features William Shatner as her professor. Like, that's just mental. I've got a feeling, if I remember rightly, that originally this film wasn't anything to do with American Psycho, and it was kind of retroactively made to be so. Yeah, you're right. Like, so doing a bit of research about it, yeah, absolutely. They made this movie, and then they said ah should we put that in the american psycho like franchise like if you call it a franchise i mean you know <laughs> it is now um, it is now yeah actually just a point on that what movie american psycho is that Great. is a, a really good film isn't it so the next one then is a, a 1999 sequel point break 2 surfs up so this <laughs> sequel stars adam baldwin as Bodie's brother finn he teams up with the retired gary Boosie. the surfer and convicted felon will need help We'll need to help the police in order to save his life. That's got to be fake. It's fake. <laughs> yeah, it is. So Point Break 2 hasn't been made, you know. I love the name. So Point Break 2 surfs up. <laughs> yeah, surfs up. But you could sort of see it being a, a, a movie, couldn't you? Like I say, you could see it sort of being made. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so the next one is um, a 1993 movie um, by the name of Kim Scissorhands. This 1993 <laughs> straight-to-TV movie follows Kim Boggs five years after the events of the first movie as she begins to see ghostly apparitions of Edward. I really hope this is real. I haven't heard of it before. I re- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say real. It's fake. It came oh, out my ass. Gutters. <laughs> Kim Scissorhands. I, I knew it couldn't be, but I just love the idea of it I too know. much. I'm like that sometimes. Like Sometimes I'm like... Yeah, I want it to be something so much that I'll, yeah, yeah I'll will I it. I try to will it into that's existence. It. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> you Kim try to manif- hands. manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one then is a 2009 uh, straight to TV uh, sequel, which was Road Trip Beer Pong. Andy and his roommates board a bus full of pretty models and embark on an adventurous road trip in order to participate in a beer pong tournament. Real real yeah um unbelievably they made that film and uh, yeah <laughs> they they sort of capitalized on the beer pong craze of the 2000s or whatever <laughs> so the next one then is a 1999 movie a sequel by the name of uncle buck twice removed uncle buck returns this time to help look after the russell family's business comedy sequel starring john c Riley. uncle buck twice removed oh you've got me on this one i've never heard of it it's a good name 
did you come up with it? I think you came up with it. <laughs> I did, yeah. I I came up with that. Uncle Buck twice removed. So that is a fake. It's a, not a real film. So that's yeah. Well, what it just shows how much like little thought they put it. You come up with all these ideas, <laughs> but the, you know these studios are actually getting paid to do these. But you come up with some ideas that are actually better than some of the actual real ones. <laughs> I can imagine as well John C. Riley sort of playing that um, yeah. John Candy character. You know, I could see that. So a couple more then. We've got Ace Venturia, Junior Pet Detective, 2009. Junior Pet Detective Ventura must follow in his father's footsteps to save his mother from going to jail. Something like... I don't know if I'm getting it confused with Son of Mask. Oh, Son of Mask. I've never seen that. I don't remember. Was there a junior... Something tells me I did, but I thought it was a TV show. I'm going to say True. Your spot on, mate. Yeah. They did make a 2009, you know, straight to TV sequel, Junior Pet Detective. Wow. So last couple then. So Marley and Me, The Puppy Years, 2011. Marley, a naughty puppy, participates in a local dog contest with his owner, Bodie. They soon go up against defending champion Hans, who is notorious for cheating. <laughs> Actually, I'm sure. I'm sure they did do a, a follow up, but I don't remember it having Bodie and Hans in it. <laughs> So I'm going to say false. It's actually real. Oh, no. I know. It's mental. It sounds absolutely mad. But yeah, you're right. They did do a sequel and it was called The Puppy Years, which is mad. So next one then. Dante's Peak Secondary Tremors, 1998. <laughs> this is Michael Bean. He starred as the disabled volcanologist who seems the only person able to predict the upcoming disaster. That's very specific. Disabled volcanologist. Mm. And Michael Bean, did you say? Yeah, Michael Bean from the Terminator. Terminator yeah. yeah, and Aliens. Oh, it's got to be real. It's fake. Oh, mate, that was a, yeah. that was a really good one. <laughs> Disabled Vulcanologist. <laughs> wow. The next wow. one then is The Lost Boys, The Tribe, 2008. Real. real, yeah. A brother and sister duo move to a new town only to mix with the wrong kind of crowd and their bloodthirsty vampires. The interactions lead the girl to becoming a half-vampire. Angus Sutherland stars. So oh, that's wow. quite funny. And I looked it up and I think it's his son or whatever. He's related to him yeah. somehow. The last one then, Kingpin 2, Gutterball, 1998. So Hugo, Roy Munson's son, had no interest in his dad's bowling ability until he realised that bowling could land in the girl of his dreams, who's played by Melissa Joan Hart. A bowling tournament in China and a devious adversary stand in his way to true love. Comedy sequel starring Channing Tatum. False. It's fake, surely. It's fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fake. There's no Kingpin 2, if there is. I don't know about it. So you did really well. You managed to spot some of the that fake was, keys and that. But... I love how much effort you put into that, mate. That was fucking great. Thank oh, you. Oh, glad you enjoyed it, mate. So but um, Yeah, well done. And like I say, who knows? Maybe someone's listening to this and they might say, oh, you know, like, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> i got a little bit of game for you, mate. Amazing. Yeah, so what have you got for me, mate? Mine's called The Kids Are Acting Up. Okay, the kids are acting up. This yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah. So, That's a snappy title too. Yeah, it's, it's something that blew my mind when I originally saw Anaconda, I remember, was mm-hmm. uh, it was my first, I think at that age, was the first time I come across John Voight, not realising at the time that it was Angelina Jolie's dad. Ah, I see, yeah. So what I thought I'd play is a little game called The Kids Are Acting Up, where I'm going to name a, a father and child couple, Yeah. Uh, just give you their first names, and you've got to tell me their real names 
Oh, I like this. So you're going to tell me the the father and the kid, their yeah. first names, and yeah. I've got a guess. Oh, interesting. And uh, the, most of them, I think they're all actors, uh, but they're all famous at yeah. least. Here we go. I'll start with an easy one just to kind of show you the format. Cool. Will and Jaden. Oh, I know this one. So this will be uh, part of the Smith family. Correct. Yeah, cool. So yeah, good family. Martin and Charlie. Oh, this will be the Sheens. Yes. Kirk and Michael. That'll be the Douglases. Yes. <laughs> Let me go for a little bit harder. Tom and Colin. Oh, okay. So this has got harder now. Tom. Tom Selleck. <laughs> no. Colin Selleck. So it's Tom and Colin. Yeah. Colin Farrell. No. Hanks. Hanks. Oh, so you've got Tom Hanks and you've got Colin Hanks, Correct. and that's his. I think he's a successful TV actor. Ah, there. interesting. Yeah, learn something there, mate. Uh, next one Gary and Jake. Gary and Jake. So, Gary, Gary, mm, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. No, no, I mean, that's a name you would sort of know, wouldn't you? You'd know if the other one was called Gary Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, Jake and Gary, who's a famous Jake I know. Jake. I would go for the Gary if I The Gary. So who we got? Gary Boosie. Correct. Oh, yeah. So he's got a son called... Jake Boosie. Jake Boosie. Oh, amazing. Really like... There was a a funny like MTV program a few years ago called something like At Home with Boosie. And like basically he's really off his head now, but in a really funny way. And uh, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Next one. Bruce and Brandon. Oh, this will be uh, the Lee family. Correct. Yeah. Robert and Chris. Robert and Chris. Robert. Um, Robert Carlyle? No. Robert. Well, I was going to say Robert De Niro, but like, I, I don't know if I've heard of Chris De Niro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, incorrect. Who's the most famous out of those two, would you uh, say? I would say Chris. Chris. So Chris is the one I. So Chris, who could it be? Now, the father is kind of more of a known for being in a TV series. Okay, so Robert's been in the TV series. But he has and, been in films as well, but I think yeah. he's most famous for being in a TV series. And then Chris is more of a movie sort of guy. He's a movie star. A movie star, Chris. And Chris, I'm just going to go out there and say Tucker. No. Oh, Chris, no. Chris Pine. Oh, Chris Pine. And then, so we've got... Robert Pine. Robert Pine. Gotcha. He was in Chips. Oh, okay. But he's also in things like Jobs and Lakeview Terrace, etc. Gotcha, I see. So the Pine family. Yes. And there's a threesome here. Oh. Lloyd, Jeff, and Bo. Oh, L- Lloyd. 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 Lloyd Grossman. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff Bridges? Yes. Oh, okay. So you got Lloyd Bridges, Jeff Bridges, and... Bo. Bo Bridges. Yes. What a great name that is. Carl and Rob. Carl and Rob. Rob Schneider. Carl... Carl Weathers. That would be cool, wouldn't it? His son, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Carl Weathers, Apollo's son. Carl and Rob. Have a guess and I'll say Rob, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think so, no. <laughs> well, I think his dad is uh, famous. He's got a famous father. Any yeah, clues Robert on Robert Downey. The... Oh, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh a lot. That's just so good. <laughs> I'm Robert Downey. That's amazing. No, I'm not um, sure if this will help you, but... Right. Carl, the yeah. father, um, died this year, unfortunately. He's a bit of a comedy legend. Oh, no. Um, um, and he died in June. Oh, Carl. 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 
No, I don't know it, mate. It's Carl Reiner and Rob Reiner. Oh, yeah. Now you say it, it like rings a bell, but um, yeah. no, it wouldn't be one I sort of got. You might know, like, he's Carl Reiner is very famous for like his early comedy shows, like Dick Van Dyke show and things like that. Oh, right. But you might know him from like Ocean's 13 playing the old geezer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I know that film quite well, so I'd definitely have recognised him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll do a few more. <laughs> Donald and Kiefer. Oh, I'll get this one. So this will be the Sutherland family. Yeah. <laughs> Sean and Jason. Sean. So Sean, well, it could be Jason Statham, but I don't know if he's got a famous dad. He was an Olympic diver. He was, which blew my mind when I found <laughs> that out. It could be Sean William Scott, but I doubt that he had a famous dad or whether he's a Sean is father. Sean is the dad. So Sean is the dad. Okay, so Sean's the older one. Who would you say is the more famous one at least? Sean. Two? Sean. Uh, so by Sean... probably a million miles. Oh, wow. Sean, uh, a million miles. That sounds like a clue. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> but he's just very, very famous. Sean Penn? Nope. Sean Bean? No. Nope. Sean... More famous. More famous. I'm missing out the famous, famous Sean ever here, aren't I? Sean... Think more... Don't think Sean. Think Sean. Oh, okay. So I actually haven't heard of his son then, but this is Sean Connery. Yes. Oh, amazing. And so his son was... Jason Connery. Jason Connery. Oh, amazing. Correct. What a dad. Like, you know, that's pretty cool, isn't it? James Bond. Now, this one I think you'll get. Brendan, Dommel, or Brian. Wow. Brendan? Is it Donald? No. It's D-O-M-H-N-A-L-L. Domnall. Oh, I do know this one actually. This is a uh, Gleason. Correct. Yeah, that's a cool name actually, isn't it? Yeah. Dom Hall. Yeah, difficult to say. Uh, Richard and Jared. Leto. No. Oh, Richard Jared Leto. So let's think. Richard and Jared. Jared Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard. Richard. Who's the most famous one? Would you say? Oh, that's hard. Richard, I would say. Richard. Yeah. Richard. Jared ja- like Jared's this. become famous in the last couple of years like really famous in the last couple of years uh, not really no yeah he's but, never hit the heights of his his father but Jared was in one of the best TV shows in the last few years oh that sounds interesting so Richard then is an actor yeah and very um, old thespian English actor Richard Richard sadly no longer with us I believe Richard Maidley <laughs> no I might need a clue maybe what film he's been in it might okay. give it uh, Richard, you may know from, I think he was in the first Harry Potter. Oh, is it the guy who played um, uh, Dumbledore? It was. Um, Is it Richard Harris? Correct. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Richard Harris. And so his son is Jared Harris. Harris. Oh, awesome. And he was in Chernobyl. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, not sure who he is, but what a show that was. Yeah, Yeah, definitely one of the best shows of the last few years. Yeah. Okay, I'll do the final one. Yeah, love it. Dennis and Jack. Dennis and Jack. Is it Dennis Hopper? Nope. Oh, Jack Hopper. That sounded like it might sort of have a bit of a ring to it. <laughs> so Dennis and Jack. Jack. Dennis um, is the most famous. Dennis. Dennis. Mm. Once I get one name in my head, I can't get it out. So now I'm just thinking Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I've always said that. Dennis. I might need some clues, mate. Dennis. Oh, okay. I, I don't know who this Jack one is, but Dennis is very famous for things like The Day After Tomorrow, Frequency. I, I got a name in my head. I, I don't know if it's Dennis Quaid. Correct. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So his son was called. 
What was the name again? His son is called Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Yeah, so Dennis Quaid and Jack Quaid. Correct. Wow, that is mega interesting. Like, I really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, mate, I learned... The lot kids are acting like, up. Yeah, I learned a lot of, you know, big stars have offspring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, It's weird, isn't it, that some of these uh, kids managed to make it in the acting world with really famous and rich fathers. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do they do it? You know, obviously yeah. they, uh, you know, they plucked from, you know, just because of their talent. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm sure some of them are absolutely bang up actors and some of them are probably starring in Anaconda 4. <laughs> but no, that was a lot of fun, mate. That was a lot of fun. So I think there's only really time for one more thing. And that's me to let you know what the next movie we'll be watching will be. Can he wait to find out, mate? I can't wait to see where you've gone with this. Because we were talking about this earlier. There's not actually a massive amount of cast to choose from this week. There's not. There's not. Where do you think I would go then? What would you sort of pin, you know, your guess on if you were going to say what actor, actress, what film, etc.? You know, if... I'd say unless you're trying to double bluff me, J-Lo is definitely out of the question. Because one, <laughs> we kind of got a rule about it not doing that. But also... Yeah, I, I don't see many that you'd go for from her catalogue. Ice Cube, you could do. He's he's popped up in a few uh, films. He has. Eric Stoltz, I doubt it. Otherwise, you may have known looking into him about the whole Back to the Future thing. It's between, for me, Owen Wilson and John Voight. Okay, so you, you, yeah, you're right. I'm going to go John too. Voight. Yeah, you're spot on, yeah. mate. And if you're going to say a movie that you think I might pick that he's in, does anything just come to your mind like straight away? Is there anything you think, oh, he might pick that? I'm trying to ignore things like, I think he appeared in, in Tomb Raider, but I'm trying to avoid that. I know, <laughs> I'm hoping I would stay clear yeah. of that. I know recently recently you watched Easy Rider, didn't you? Mm, I um, did. So I'm thinking whether you're going to go back that that kind of era I'm thinking something like Deliverance or Midnight Cowboy. You've hit the nail on the head. Oh, uh, right. I've got oh, a Midnight yeah. Cowboy. Oh, wow. Um, so you're absolutely right. You know, recently I've been in that watching old movies like Vibe and I thought it'd be good for us to like look at something that is like pretty old. So this is a 1969 movie. Wow. You know, yeah. so I mean, what's that now? That's like 51 years old. So anyway, the thing about this movie, I've never seen it. I've heard about it loads and, you know, it's like one of those things, always been on my list, but I've never, you know, just got around to watching it. So I thought it was the perfect opportunity. I'm happy to say, Dan, that yeah, this is actually on Netflix at the moment you know so you better stream it easily and basically i don't know too much about this movie i know it's like a buddy comedy i believe john voight plays a male prostitute in it and i know that there's that scene where dustin hoffman walks past the car and starts smashing the thing you know i'm walking here i'm walking here but that's all i really know about it so it's a bit of a gap in my like film you know you know back catalogue that i need to sort of tick off and i thought it would be uh, a good time for us to watch that and it gets us like an old film we can see you know how things have changed you know since then have you seen it what do you know about it what's your I'm vibe? exactly the same as you I know of it I know who's in it and that that famous scene yeah um, I know very little else about it to be honest and yeah it's a hole in my catalogue as well so yeah looking forward to watching it mate great choice and oh nice one yeah quite, by far the oldest film right yeah absolutely I mean it's not always easy for us to get an old film in because you know a lot of the actors that we're watching are quite young really and they haven't mm. been in old films so this was the perfect opportunity to you know go back and um, yeah you know I, I don't really know what we're going to make of it so it'll be interesting I mean I know it's won Academy Awards but that doesn't always mean it's very good um, so we'll, we'll see we'll watch it and you know and you guys watch it at home too if you have anything to like you know say to me and Dan or anything you want to comment on or, or bring up then feel free to email us the email is infinitefilmclub at 
gmail.com excellent yeah can't wait to watch this one mate uh, like i said don't know much about it so really looking forward to learning something and kind of filling a gap in our uh, cinematic knowledge so uh, yeah nice choice mate let's hope it's better than anaconda oh yeah absolutely um, let's you know i'm sure it'll be it's gotta be hasn't it i don't know yeah we'll well, see. is john voigt paraguayan in this so? <laughs> Uruguayan or? I, to be fair, even if he was Paraguay, I'd quite like that because uh, if he gives a similar performance, I'll be happy because uh, <laughs> he was good. He was good. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, when we watch it. Well, great, mate. Well, we'll talk about it next week, yeah. and uh, hopefully, we'll fit in some films, even though it's not at the cinema. But yeah, speak to you next week, mate. Yeah, speak to you next week. Cheers, Dan. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Cheers everyone. Mate. Bye. Bye.